0: out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you could only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click and as you know i am never alone sir please introduce yourself
1: I am the next brand new Robin you didn't ask for, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth.
0: GT Rebirth is here in studio, and every single time he comes here, we are just adorned with with moment after moment after moment, which is apropos for this episode, because we decided to go back in time. We decided to pull up our magic TARDIS, get inside of our DeLorean, and we're going to go and find out what are the 10 best Moments from comic book movies in the history. I mean, this thing goes back. How far? What it's the spirit? Oh, was... <laughs> <laughs> how, how far are we going with it? Don't these, talk with these about these the
1: things? spirit. I saw that movie. Was...
0: Oh. There's, there's a lot of the Lone Ranger. We 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 scoured. You know uh, all of these superhero films, these comic book movies from different studios and uh, with different characters, different moments, uh, fight scenes, or just. Heartfelt moments, and we decided to whittle them down all the way to ten. There's so many, uh, but me and GT Rebirth have decided to do our list in secret. I have yes. no idea what list this man has cultivated. There no
1: collaboration or collusion? Nothing. I
0: feel like there's a bunch of Jared Leto on his list, but I can't prove it. We're gonna find out in a bit.
1: Hopefully. How would you <laughs> accuse me of such a thing?
0: But um, I guess before we we jump into it, was did you find it hard at all to uh...
1: um? I, I got through a couple real fast, and then I kind of hit a wall, and I had to really start to reach deeper into the uh, lexicon. With the 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 battering ram of superhero films that we've gotten in the past few years, yeah. it got real easy to stay in a box of current events. Yes, and then definitely. One, I found myself going through a lot of that, and then once I reached a bit further back into the movies that I'd seen when you were like 15, 14, that they started coming out with before it got big... I had to rework my list a little bit and just kind of focus everything in.
0: Yeah, I see that. And I also had this issue where I I viewed things differently as a kid. Certainly. Certain things were just plain rule of cool.
1: Absolutely. Didn't
0: matter if they had comic book continuity, all that kind of stuff. And then as an adult now, as a, co- a comic reader, you know, and doing this podcast, I get so much more pleasure out of certain things that probably people wouldn't. Because right. I either... Thought it was going to happen or I read it that it happened or, you know, I was anticipating it. So that splits things up now because it is it. Am I going to turn my nose up at the moments that I was (laughs) hype about as a kid or do I have to dumb down the moments I have now to reach that just regular childlike level of um, of, uh, I guess. Wonder with these uh, cool moments.
1: I I, mean, when you when you when you go back and you want to tell yourself, you know, like you remember how cool that like Catwoman was, but then you have to kind of bring it back and be like, okay, the way they got about Catwoman was kind of stupid. Right, right, right.
0: I'm like, I'm a huge fan of Batman returns, but I understand that critically Batman returns is not a great movie. It's kind of a car wreck. And it doesn't even really have a lot of Batman in it. So it's, it, it, there's a lot of that, uh, in this list, a lot of things that got close, did not And I guess maybe that's how we should start off. We should start off with our honorable mentions, the things that came close, the things that, that, um, Almost broke the barrier uh, in being great. I thought we were gonna
1: do this WatchMojo style and put those right before the first ones.
0: Oh no, no! You know, you, <laughs> my thing with the honorable mentions that I don't like is that they almost make it seem like they got they would have been close to one.
1: Ah, uh, I, so I, you know,
0: I get what I'm you saying? Mean. And I wanted to, I wanted to be known that these were very great, very very okay. great. But you know, they get pushed to the side a bit. Absolutely. Uh, I will start off my first honorable mention for one of the coolest moments in. Uh, comic book movie history has to go down as nightcrawler in the white house
1: really okay
0: nightcrawler just the beginning of x-men 2 starting off with a character that i felt like a lot of 90s kids knew from either the uh weirdly complicated video games <laughs> <laughs> or, or the the 90s television show everybody who's seen the man knows how cool Nightcrawler looked, knows how cool his powers were. And this is the first time we were actually going to see it in action. Um, I think that's Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings, yes. And, like, that's an actor. Incredible Nightcrawler. Yeah, that's like an actor's actor, and he's choosing to play. I mean, Fox got a lot of heavy hitters.
1: They did, yes.
0: You know, um, but to see him bamfing in and out, (laughs) uh, taking out the Secret Service, and basically getting to a point of, you know, he was gonna stab the president. Like he almost got the president if he didn't get shot. It reminds you of the things that they talk about in like Suicide Squad or um, and I think in the first X Men. The idea of like what if a superpower person just walked in and you know did whatever they wanted? And this is yeah. this is the realization of that. And the fact that it would that Stryker would use this to try to um, you know Gain get more legislation. Let- yeah, like that's that's so comic books. That's so yes. uh, you know evil villain evil scheme. Gotta give it to Nightcrawler in the White House. Okay,
1: so I'll I'll I'll, I'll match you X Men for X Men because I don't have a particular order to the uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Okay. Yes, the very first from Days of Future Past Quicksilver scene. Amazing. Which yes. was just like you kind of wonder how they're going to do the speed thing because everyone just kind of does it as a just a shot in the dark and something happened, you know, random neck snaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I think it. They I'm, have this really playful moment with their character where they just—you hear whatever music he's playing in his head, which seems to move at the same speed he does. I which guess. is a whole other, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole another thing for another time. And like, it's not just he's you know saving uh, Magneto and Professor X and Wolverine from the barrage of bullets they're about to get hit. But now he's just sort of his teenager, just kind of having fun with it. Definitely, yeah. It's just like. I'm going to poke this guy in the face here. Definitely I'm really. have p- some of these chips. Really playful
0: for a character a lot of people didn't know much about. People no, weren't talking about Quicksilver. It, and
1: it, 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 you could say it probably reinvented or invented Quicksilver for the first time for a whole generation of people.
0: And ironically, I think that this, the fall of this year that the film comes out mm-hmm. is when Flash show, so shows up in, yes. in, in, on the CW. So this even predates that. Right. So we got to see what fast running was in that universe. It was basically him. Staring directly at the camera as he moves his arms and legs. Yeah, but um, this was something we've never seen before. Like this was really, really cool. It was. It was. It
1: was, it was, it was a lot of fun, and like the the choice of music was kind of interesting. Before you know, choices of particular licensed music became a thing. I
0: think that the best <laughs> part about it was their decision to then end it with everything, then just going into re- real regular regular real time. Yes, I thought that was so cool because. Again, we, it was cool to see him do everything in slow motion, but then to our naked uh, human eye, our regular non-mutant eyes, it was cool to see him just uh, snap back to that. So I thought that was really, really good. Yes, indeed. Um, I was debating whether or not to put that or, or uh, the other one on, but I think when push comes to shove, I think the first one hmm. uh, barely you know beats the second one, uh, the running sequence right. from um Apocalypse?
1: Um Is it apocalypse? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh yeah,
0: because apocalypse is one who blows up. I think his, I the, think the a X-Men's lot of, I think
1: for the, I think it didn't help it that like it felt very samey. Yeah. So you're like you're kind of gonna go with the first one.
0: You knew what he was gonna do. You kn- yeah. you've seen this before. So like the best to tell you the truth the best part in that is when that beast slows down and you start, you start, you, your mind starts to realize what's about to happen. Right. Once you realize it's about to happen, you're just there for the fun. But this was something where we didn't even know what to expect. So we're nah. just, at every point that he's pushing somebody a little bit or moving an army, like, what is he,
2: what is he doing? <laughs> and then it all sets
0: up amazing. And also sort of kind of better than the Quicksilver we end up getting in uh, Age of Ultron.
1: Oh, you didn't see that coming?
0: I don't. I don't. Even know. <laughs> too much. Too that much. guy was a dick. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of a dick. Um.
1: Um. I. I. Before we keep going, I should establish. But by the way, because before people start discussing several scenes and several things, we do have a bit of a rule here of of one scene per film.
0: Oh yeah, that's very important. Yes, only one scene per film. Which. Makes things, I mean, because if not, we'll just be gushing over the best one or two movies listen, <laughs> that listen,
1: that's ever I'd, existed. I'd, I'd have filled this thing with at least five <laughs> scenes from Man of Steel. And, get, I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: Um, I guess, uh, just from seeing as we've already named what we've already named X Men 2 and we've already named uh Days of Future Past, do you have anything else from those two movies in particular that you would that have crossed your mind?
1: Um, not. Not necessarily. I think there's a lot of great visuals from the X-Men films, but not a ton that like really resonated with me. Um, I, like Magneto stuff is I, like, I like Magneto's big hat. I like
0: Magneto's big hat. Yeah, I like and I and I like when he I like uh, Magneto
1: moving a bridge.
0: Yeah, I like him um uh sending the bullet into Mystique's leg, even though Mystique had jumped off like a, a house. Right. And stuff like that. I thought that was uh, really, really good there. Um all right, all right. So you have got uh, two X Men in the honorable mentions. I'll go ahead and say, controversially, the ending of the Dark Knight Rises. Really? Yes. I will say that the score, ramping up that whole like ramping up thing, the 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 the, the John Blake stuff is li- is a little bit is a little bit <laughs> it's, I'm a little bit conflicted on it. But the idea is cool as hell. The right. idea that. This man this mantle you passed on. What do you push the when you push the Robin thing aside? Oh, your name's Robin. You should have just sure. used Robin.
2: Sure.
0: The idea that somebody would be would inherit the entirety of what Batman is, which is the cave, the the um um commissioner Gordon is there and he's looking stressed and he looks and oh wow, someone just put a new bat symbol there. Like we're right. about to start these adventures right back up again. Uh, Alfred's drinking his little, you know, he's having a little uh, Hennessy, I guess, uh, in Paris and uh, he sees Catwoman and and Batman and you know, Yogi had said something I don't know if it ever got recorded because it might have been in that episode we were talking about the Bat wedding that just, you know, got lost to the Phantom Zone yeah. but um, he was saying that a lot of people who take Batman and um, want to do definitive runs also want to do definitive ends like they do deaths of, yes. the, of Batman and if you want to consider that Nolan, this was Nolan's work, the trilogy, he ended Batman how he felt. Batman should be ended, and considering um, the fledgling nature of trilogies in general, not only uh, superheroes, it was cool to have a bow tied on on that. Right. Um, and I think if we would took like a ten minute, I mean a ten minute, like a like a, I don't know, five year break. I think mm-hmm. people would have been all in on a John Blake <laughs> Batman yeah, yeah. Nolan trilogy part two, you know, uh, deal. So and here's the
1: thing: like he 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 ends Bruce Wayne, but not necessarily Batman, because yeah. Batman could be anyone. It it is simply a symbol, right? Right. You just, as he says,
0: be. and that's a that's a big part of the trilogy is the idea that this yes. thing is bigger than just me, right? You know, this symbol that I created.
1: I had a conversation with my roommate the other day, who's a fan of it, but not a fan of that Robin thing. Okay, and we had an interesting talk about it because he no he denotes that he says that they tried to make him his particular Robin, which was Dick Grayson. He okay. says that because on John Blake's badge there is a bit of a winged symbol. Okay, that looks like something like the Nightwing symbol. Oh, all right. So to didn't... which I noted that he's probably an amalgamation of the few of the Robins. Yeah, because. Okay, you've got that Nightwing moment because he's got the winged symbol on his cop badge. He finds out who Batman is. Which is very Blake. In very Tim Drake way. Oh,
0: Drake, I said Blake. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, Tim he Drake. He finds
1: out who Batman is on his own in a drakeian like, you know, just deductive reasoning of of his own. And
0: I mean, those are the two longest tenured Robins.
1: Yes. And uh, in a Blake sense Grayson and didn't he come from the Wayne, um uh how do you? What is it? Orphanage. Yeah. So he is in his own way a son of the Batman.
0: Yeah, and same way like uh, Jason, a for, like a kind of a, forgo- a forgotten son, you yes. know, like someone who has to start from scratch basically and create a an, uh, a identity and choose to want to be good because yes. Gotham is basically which is what
1: makes him Robin as much as anything. Because yes, he's, he's kind of an amalgamation of all of the characters instead of a particular one.
0: But it's also cool to think of it as, I mean, if you want... Except if for Carrie
1: if, Kelly nobody cares. If
0: you were absolutely, uh, you know, sure that you were never going to do a Robin, right? Right. Like, that's just, that's on the, on the uh, marquee. Then, having him have a sidekick that was in the police force is just realistic. And then, mm-hmm. having that person have the mantle. Because, in actuality, like, I don't know why Robin was just like, I'll just be Robin. Like, Batman's dead, so then Robin's the new... You know, like, oh, Robin's yeah. the new Batman. Oh, yeah. Not... not I don't have to be oh, Batman just, to be Batman. Just
1: like in Batman Forever, where, like, there's a Robin suit for no freaking reason. Yeah. D- there was never any plans for a Robin. No. Just, just... There's a suit. He had I'm a like, helmet. Right. Remember
0: he had a helmet? They were like... Yeah. Oh, what's that? That's a Robin. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll just do it that way. But I... Yeah, he went... um. And then that Hans Zimmer score, bro. And I know you got some Man of Steel stuff on there. I know that with that score in the background. But digga, it, digga, it, digga, 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 digga. And oh, then it's it just. What and I then,
1: read every time I put. I, what I play every time I read the book.
0: Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I think that might be the end of my. Oh, no, I've. Yeah.
1: Three.
0: Three, three. So, you, yeah, you're up now.
1: Um. So, for my honorable mention, the second one I got here for me is particularly speaking. <clears throat> for me, it was the biggest moment, not the biggest moment, one of the bigger moments in the most recent phase we've gone through for the MCU, Okay. which was sort of the introduction of the magic. Okay. So, one of my favorite scenes to just really play off and be this very fun bit of eye candy is Doctor Strange fighting Caecilius and his groups in the Dimension. Yeah, that With,
0: was bonkers.
1: Yeah, the the bending of the streets and of the uh, the buildings, all the all the you know the flashing lights and and then uh, the ancient one shows up for the fight, and that kind of ends up being the end of her.
0: Yeah, and her death is gruesome. In oh that yeah, film. she just falls MC- right
1: through a freaking glass, glass ottoman. Up, yeah, oh.
0: and it's like
1: thud on the ground. Yeah,
0: it's like um. It it's it was so fantastical that when they pulled it out of the fantastical and gave us just a regular, realistic sort of kind of death. It's just a it, woman
1: hits the ground.
0: Yeah, it was like it was out of control. But you your mind is trying to wrap around the visuals that you see as you're watching that scene. Yeah. And for somebody like I I was actually having this conversation as well, where it's like we have to we have to we have to put the um weight of the MCU on the backs of certain people. obviously they're doing it with the f- original four Avengers, but with these guys not being around forever, the fact that they can make Doctor Strange a, th- a th- three dimensional person, Doctor Strange has such a humongous um role in infinity war
2: mm-hmm. and there's
0: a lot of the reasons why Thanos was kind of stopped <laughs> in that fight on right? Titan. um and it comes from this. We're supposed to pull from this that he's w- this experience, you know right here. Uh, Where he had to lose somebody close to him because he was just starting out, and that there's way bigger evils in here. I think. I think. Strange,
1: Strange is the only one who can really defend himself from Thanos. Yeah. In that entire movie, like everybody else is just trying to like not get hit or deflect hits you know
0: and it's also the idea that everybody else sort of kind of and even though he did as well everybody else is sort of kind of volunteering for their lot right like spider-man i want to make new york city better my neighborhood all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. tony stark i want to make the world better you know captain america i want to make america better and but like Doctor strange is reality like he doesn't have a choice in this this is his job he is the sorcerer supreme he has to do this wake up in the morning check on reality you know go to sleep yeah. check on reality and I feel
1: defend the sanctum
0: you can feel the weight of that in stuff like Infinity War where he's like I can't be doing these little plans with yeah, I got like a reality I have that, a duty here yeah like, this is a way bigger know. than whatever idea of a super he team he handles his duty
1: up. a lot better than Iron Fist did who immediately left uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah and then had to know to be surprised when he came back to find it destroyed yeah you had Yeah, no but that
0: job. Doctor Strange that Doctor Strange moment is amazing yes it is um I my last honorary mention might get me get my uh nerd card revoked. Okay. But um I actually decided not to put this in my top 10, but I'm going to uh you know elect to choose the Airport Battle from uh really from Captain America Civil War. So let me let me let me lay it out for you guys at home. You have a uh, uh, young, well, not a young, and a, a, a dashingly handsome Chris Evans, uh, show up at at an airport in Germany after having a little pep talk with Ant Man and um Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye, you know his crew, and he's out there and he's walking, um, and Iron Man shows up with War Machine and they're kind of giving him crap. They're kind of sitting there and they're giving him a little bit of a guff because they want him to turn to turn in you know turn himself in you and bucky are doing way too much and then you get spider-man spider-man our guy spider-man literally snatched from the clutches of sony does it shows ever spider can exactly and you get that you know hello everyone moment uh and uh it just breaks out that airport battle from um civil war i almost didn't put it on the list but the thing is I was in awe watching it for yeah. the first time. I remember thinking to myself, that like, the music... It kind and, of
1: reminds me of the, uh, the, the the closing shot of the X-Men intro. Yes. Where they're both yeah, running, running at each other. each other.
0: And they even make the joke of, like, um, they're not stopping. Well, I guess we're not either. Or whatever, you know, all that stuff. Um, Ant-Man becoming Giant-Man. Um, Vision getting knocked out of the sky. Uh, Captain America and um, Spider-Man going at it. Captain America and Black Panther going at it. Uh, Spider-Man and... Um, falcon and and bucky <laughs> where he's playing with them oh you have a you have a metal arm too
1: all that stuff
0: <laughs> all that stuff i thought was great I,
1: I do love um captain's uh reserve in this sort of thing i, I guess you call it reserve or, or determination where it's just like okay we have a eight percent chance of winning this fight yeah but i'm gonna lose it on my back if nothing else
0: but you know it's also kind of weird there's a moment right at the end of that battle where right after they get past the um that thing that vision was going to throw on them or yeah. whatever they get past it and then Natasha's there and Capt almost smiling he says Natasha like Zemo's behind all this like we're going to figure this out like I I know like you're just in the wrong in this moment <laughs> he's so just like why don't you guys see what I see with this um and that's him I want to say in his trilogy where he's like, I can see this, and why isn't anyone paying attention or right. or or reaching to this matter? But as a cat fan, I thought it was amazing. As a comic fan, I thought it was amazing. Uh, I guess I've heard the criticisms that there was like low stakes or that nothing ended up coming out of it. And I guess because they got these people weren't trying to kill one another, that something should be taken away from it. But I won't take anything away from it. Well, I they think were it's never trying moment. to
1: kill one another, so I don't understand what. What what the expectations were? That, yeah, I don't think in the original
0: Civil War comic they were trying to kill one another. No, they were just
1: trying to subdu- you know subdue one another. It was it was either you go to you go to prison or you join the team.
0: Yeah, you're going to the raft, kid. That's where that's where they're sending everybody.
1: <laughs> I also just I also appreciate the Black Widow scene simply for the fact that it it, it um it doesn't just break them off. Yeah, because they've been this uh, portrayed as like this close you know close knit friendship the entire time. Which is she cool. She travels with him throughout almost the entire Winter Soldier film and is a big part of that.
0: Yeah, and what's also cool about that is that she also, you know, her cinema her Marvel cinematic like debut is in Iron Man. Yeah. So she has these ties to both, where she's called Tony out for being, you know, Tony, and has also, you know, been on Cap's side and was really a instrumental part of yeah. of that Winter Soldier. Arc. She
1: shows up to the funeral just for the emotional support.
0: But as a Cap fan, I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, you're right, and no one else really did. But as a Cap fan, I'm not gonna lie. um knowing that T'Challa and Black Widow are down with him makes me make, like he's in the right. He yeah. has to be in the right, right? <laughs> like he wins this. Like what are you talking about? The spy and the king both say no, this guy's got it, you know, right. he he's figured it out. And so that's completely uh my take on that whole thing. But yeah, I got You've been reading
1: the... recently, you would notice that the comfort community has figured out that you really like that Captain America Black Panther, <laughs> Panther
0: thing. It's true. And um with with this whole thing here, uh with the airport battle only reason why i feel like it didn't make the top 10 is i felt like something on the list i feel like is a little bit bigger and um i just i don't know if it might be recency bias which i also think is something that's also affected my list like we were talking about how soon we've seen some of these things but that uh that rounds out my honorable mentions
1: so my last one is a scene that like it's not a big scene and it's not like it's not this amazing, you know, cinematic moment, but it's something that just resonated with me on a deeper level and I had to I had to sort of have it a part of this. It's in Black Panther, and it is really just the scene right as Killmonger takes his spot on the throne of Wakanda in his coronation. Okay. Right? And he asked the question that I think a lot of people ask In real life from a different level and just touched on me as an African-American male where he pretty much comes right out and asks them, well, where was Wakanda when all these terrible things were happening to your, you know, migrated brothers and sisters in America? Yeah. Y'all over here in y'all happy bubble thriving, (laughs) you know, three steps ahead of everyone in science, ergonomics, medicine and everything. And we are struggling over here.
0: He touched a little bit on it in, um, like, right before then when he spoke to T'Challa that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Where he says something like, you like, you have all you have all this stuff and you're hiding it from the world or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he goes, I'm not, I'm king of Wakanda. I'm not king of the world. And he was like, well, didn't the world start in Africa or something like that? And right. <laughs> and it's like the idea, like, oh, I didn't even have an answer to that. And I was sitting there yeah. like, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> it 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 asks a lot of questions that i I never expected to ask and like a lot of hard biting things that go on in that uh in the community and the fact that there is a huge separation now between like african Americans and like native african people yeah like definitely. we 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 share nothing in common absolutely nothing um it, it it's not something i comp- i always see in other um ethnicities like I feel like there is still some sort of connection between some Puerto Rican-Americans and Puerto Rico. Right, right. There is some shared heritage there. And with a lot of people, you know, the Middle Eastern, there's a lot of shared heritage there. The Asian community, a lot of shared heritage from the mainland and back here. Right. There is none of that when it comes to African-Americans and mainland Africa for the most part. Yeah, and the thing is... There's still a few people walking through Fordham Road and Dashikis, but I'm just...
0: (laughs) In that moment... In that moment, even though we've seen how technologically advanced and how forward-thinking Wakanda is, and we've seen how smart and diplomatic T'Challa is, in that moment, Killmonger is asking both of them to be better. You know, mm-hmm. And that's big, because we think that they're the best already. We've seen yeah. them, they we're like, oh, you yeah, guys are awesome. And he's like, how awesome can you be? The entire world could use what you got, and you guys have just hoarded it to yourselves. Just he, hoarding it. You're not, not that great. You guys are not that great. No. And for the villain to call him out on that, you know, I always think that that makes for some compelling um, drama because it always could just be, I just want to just destroy the world, I just
1: want to burn it all. Um, which, which of course, you know, um, it, it it does work against him in, in in the sense that like he obviously wants these things to for to take weapons back to the United States and just kind of ransack the place. Yeah, that's so he he's wants, not man. completely. Um, how do you say, uh, you know, driven by altruism? Right, right. But right.
0: but he did raise some 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 big. Questions. He he had
1: he had good intentions with really poor uh, implementations. Okay. Of them, I can see that. You know, we're gonna we're gonna help all our people by wrecking shop on everyone else.
0: Yeah, and I mean, vengeance begets vengeance, yeah. so that would have been a whole bloodbath, but. Thankfully, he didn't become the king of Wakanda for too long. No, he was like, uh, he was like Killmonger. <laughs> He's like, what's up? <laughs> he was Like, yeah, we can't have Master King. He was nothing like those it, people. It was so it, hilarious. Was like, we can't have Master King. This can't go down.
1: <laughs> we done with all that.
0: <laughs> but now it is time to break into the top ten greatest comic book movie moments of all time, and I'm gonna start off with probably the most rocking. Uh, the most rocking uh choice on my list, which is simply titled "What Are You the God of Again?"
2: <laughs>
0: Let me set the stage for you. You got uh Hela, the queen of the the goddess of death, sister, half sister of uh um, of uh, old Thor. Yeah, half sister of Thor, Odin's son, and she is beating the living crap out of this man. Uh, and uh he basically is knocked out to a point where he imagines that or maybe he does actually see his father mm-hmm. and his father he's just like i can't i can't beat her i i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing you know uh i can't save asgard and he's like oh Asgard's not a place bro Asgard's a people and he's like you're not the god of hammers <laughs> you know and all Might this kind the of god stuff of hammers? He, yeah he's like uh, and i mean anthony hopkins was just like you guys got a lot going on in here. Can I just be, like, in Norway? <laughs> in my, like, uh, uh, you know, Etsy, my little Etsy uh, <laughs> eye patch <laughs> that was woven for me or something like that. Uh, and he gives him the pep talk. I'm a, I'm a sucker for father and son pep talks yes. in these movies. He gives him the pep talk that he needs. Uh, the electricity starts to come, and he... The music starts to hit, you know, the, the immigrant song. And he gets to the... He, <laughs> dun, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun,
0: dun, dun. he jumps through. He reaches the bifrost in a scene that we saw in the trailers, but we didn't know he only had one eye at that point. Now he right. only has one eye. And he is just clotheslining and, and 300 kicking chests, Psycho
1: crusher, too.
0: Oh, my... Oh, yeah, he does a psycho crusher. He does a
1: psycho crusher.
0: <laughs> and just taking them all out. There's that scene of him jumping into, like, a group of them. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's, like, a whole mountain of them, and he's just charging... It's one of the coolest, like hell yeah moments uh, I think in comic book movie and history.
1: Just the, just the right choice of music to go with immigrant song. Like it is the sort of it is the the rock and Viking, you know.
0: And it's so weird because just... I Thor Ragnarok was a movie I didn't know I needed until I got it, and I didn't know that Thor needed Wrong it.
1: Different places on that one.
0: <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know Thor needed it to to he got it. I don't think that we should move too far away from the majesty that is like the original Thor or Asgard in general, North mythology, that stuff there. But because it does have a disconnect with certain fans, because it is so, uh, you know. Woven
1: in its own, uh, how do you say, background. and?
0: In- a lot of it on the face of it, even though it's mythology,
1: is kind of ridiculous. Yes. A
0: world serpent that surrounds the entire world <laughs> that he's going to drag up. That's kind of ridiculous. So you kind of have to play it silly. Yeah, it's a niche um,
1: market in its own way.
0: And even, and even in the movie, playing, uh, playing everything completely silly, that moment was played serious. Yes. The, you know, the what are you the god of again? It reminds us that Thor is more than a hammer, which is something that we that literally has been a point of contention since the MCU begins. You know, he gets his hammer taken away in one. Uh, in two, it doesn't really help fight Malekith. You mm-hmm. know, like he was like on even playing field with Malekith in this one. And in three, it just gets straight up destroyed. So... Uh yeah, what are you the god of again? Definitely a top ten moment and is on my list for top ten moment of uh, in comic book history.
1: Hmm. Alright. So my number ten is one from the ever-fabled, ever-lauded, <laughs> ever-celebrated Dark Knight trilogy. Ah, awesome. Yes, yes. Uh God bless us, Christopher Nolan, hallowed be thy name. Um <laughs> And it is from the also often celebrated, often non-duplicated Dark Knight film, which is one of my favorite scenes—the interrogation scene. Ah, amazing! In which I have titled "Nothing to Nothing to Threaten Me With." Oh yeah, this is supposed to be a, a a big W for not just Batman but the GCPD. They've yeah. still got a lot of work to do, but they have captured the Joker. We're going to try to get everything we need to get out of him. And Batman is going to go about things the Batman way.
0: Yeah. You know? Which is with his fist, most majority of the most time. Most of the time, yes. <laughs> with his fist, with his I'm going to punch him real hard.
1: Punch him real hard. I'm scare him. I'm going to get the answers I need. That's it. Joker has a good little talk with him, incites all the violence he needs, and as. Batman kind of starts to lose his stuff. He starts to beat on him and pummel him and try to intimidate the answers out of him. And Joker just constantly laughs at him. Yeah. because And says those, the line that I that I love so much is like, you have nothing to threaten me with. Yeah. Nothing to do with all your strength. Yeah. Because punching me is not going to get the answers you want.
0: And you'll just keep doing it because that's the only thing you can do.
1: (laughs) It's the only thing you can do, and none of it scares me because nothing about you scares me. And to think that physical harm and
0: probably jail time are the biggest fears of the criminals that are caught by Mm -hmm. Uh, Batman—to have for him to actually be in jail, right, and not care, and then have the physical harm being done to him—yeah, you would think I'm already
1: locked up. You can't punch the answers out of me.
0: And a lot of people would, you know, they, they do that scene a lot, right? The whole, like, good cop, bad cop. The bad yeah. cop's locked in, in there with, with, the, with the criminal. He's and he's just going to scare him, punch him, push him, and get the information out. And this guy is not letting out. And then it's eventually, just, and then what's worse, right? He does give him the information, he but he does it answers. because it's fun. He says, yeah. like, you know what? Yeah, I'll give you what you want.
1: Yeah, and it's, I'm going to give you the impossible choice, left or right. Pick and one. You I, have no time for both.
0: I would extend that moment all the way to the death of Rachel. Sure. Um, I would do, you know, you got the phone call, right? Yes. I want my phone call. Um, you know, my stomach hurts. I, I'm seeing Christmas lights or something like yeah. that. <laughs> you know, where Joker it's, breaks it's, out it's, of
1: the- it. It is a parade of manipulation, but it is it was a favorite scene for mine because it completely stripped Batman of every power he had. Yeah. He was a... Um, <clears throat> how do you say he was a weapon of fear and intimidation and there was none to be given
0: yeah he was basically neutralized
1: completely
0: and so even in in a moment like that where he um you know where he is told to his face like none of this stuff is going is going to work he does hit him harder yeah like that is his first reaction <laughs> it's just frustration oh, great
1: sure he's punching me
0: and that's it um but it's it's such a love letter to the dichotomy of those two. The yes. idea that no matter what Batman can build to prepare him for what the Joker has, the Joker is not a normal villain. He doesn't want what normal villains want, and therefore his weaknesses are not what normal villain weaknesses are. Great movie, great moment, and especially like Christopher Nolan. I forget a lot because it gets gushed over so much, the mm-hmm. Dark Knight trilogy, so I try to like leave it where it's at sometimes. <laughs> but every time I revisit it, it's amazing. Every I time you visit it, it's, it's every really, time really, really
1: I good. revisited it like a, a year ago and, and, and found a whole new appreciation for Batman Begins because I wasn't a big a fan of the entire thing when I first watched it. Okay. When I watched it later as a bigger comic book fan and as a deeper understanding of these characters, it it spoke to me a lot. It's a better. little
0: dry the first time. It's a little dry the first the first watch. Probably. There's especially- a lot. There's a lot in there. But it's also a little dry.
1: <laughs> Probably, especially if your first, like, if your um, exposure to Batman is only in, th- uh, thirty-minute bursts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and yes, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's where pretty, things happen pretty quickly. Very long, uh, kind of dry, but I had the interrogation scene on my top ten. But I will slide this in in its place I'll meet you Batman for Batman and I'll go the training montage from Batman begins that is
1: also wonderful
0: uh the training montage from Batman begins uh is the first and probably only time we've ever seen anyone train the man who becomes Batman yes. like uh and so all of it, as it all starts to click as you see that the ninja gauntlets are what he wears you know on his bat suit yes. and how they teach him deception and you know, uh, smoke bombs and all that kind of stuff. How they teach theatricality. Him, theatricality. How they teach him is fo- about footing. Mm-hmm. The entire lesson of Bat, the Batman, is the idea of the Razagul, which is that this is a symbol bigger than you know what you think, and this guy isn't Razagul, you know. But we're right. gonna say that his that it is bigger, um, and you're gonna understand the ideology of the League of Shadows, if not just was it League of Shadows in that? I get mixed up with the League of Assassins in them.
1: Um, um. No, it was League of Shadows. Yeah, cuz League of
0: Shadows. Yes, <laughs> you get, yes, yes. you definitely have that. But um is a Niel- better name. <laughs> Liam Nielsen as um Razagul
1: aka Ducard.
0: As, yeah, Henry Ducard, great. All the like um watch your footing moments with mm-hmm. the with the ice and like your your enemy is not going to give you chance for mercy. All that kind of stuff. And then they're like hanging out by a campfire and he's like telling them stories. Mm-hmm. It was so cool to see Bruce be the wide-eyed, unprepared guy cuz we everything else when we get him in 89, he's already doing everything he has to do. He's already doing. What
1: I also appreciate about it is that like even though it's kind of it sounds weird to say, it's kind of quick because the Batman training scenes happen over a period of time that you're getting cuts into. Yeah. You see that from the time that they met in the prison to the time where he is about to be coronated officially into the League of Shadows that Ra's al Ghul and Bruce Wayne have developed this kind of friendship.
0: Yeah, he respects him. Yeah, definitely. And that's big because I mean, he was the guy to get the flower, right? The yeah. blue flower. He got the and blue he, flower. He, he
1: believes deeply in this Bruce Wayne and like that he's going to be great for them.
0: And he outsmarts Henry. You know, he, yes. he solves that whole uh, riddle. That they get with the whole um, slicing of the people's arms in, yes. in succession, um, and so in that moment you get that whole like detective, right? Like how Go likes to call him detective. Yes, you get that uh, amount of respect out of it. So yeah, I got to go with the training montage. Uh, really, really good stuff. There's a bunch of training montages in general. I've also realized there is a metric ton of highway scenes. <laughs> there are so many highway scenes. I was watching the highway Deadpool.
1: scene is is quite popular. I was
0: watching Deadpool too, um, yesterday because mm-hmm. I you know I had come out on DVD and stuff, so I was rewatching it, and I'm like, oh yeah, look a highway scene. They do what they, you know, they have their highway scene, and then yes. I remember that in Black Panther they had a highway scene, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just like, and they and it had a highway scene in The and the Wasp. Yeah, oh so, did they? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just oh, like many,
1: they, they, the, the, the massive Hello Kitty dispenser. Right, right.
0: And so <laughs> it's just like. You can't go on the highway, but you, they, nah, don't, it's not it, worth it. To get, it's not worth it going on the highway. It
1: never works. Liam Neeson is fantastic. as It's Ghul the entire film, by the way. And Liam Neeson is just a that's a great actor. It's it's a shame that like he seems to just get guy with gun films these days. Yeah,
0: he's they want him to be like old Bond now. Yeah, uh, it's really
1: good when they give him stuff to work with.
0: And I also thought Christian Bale did a great job, um, seeming in over his own head. Yes. You know, he is, he was just a billionaire that lived in a city, city. he lived in a swanky mansion, and Mm -hmm. that's all it was. He shouldn't know how to do all this stuff off the rip, but the fact that he was trained and wanted to be trained, and the fact that he dug himself into the depths of criminality so quickly and so willingly, you know, gets us to where we got uh, in that scene.
1: So, for me, number nine is one that I had to sort of pull back out of my memory banks, and... This one is, it's one of those things where you know the scene has an effect on a populace because it gets done over (laughs) and over and over in different forms. In parody, in callbacks, in um, separate moments in other sequels. But it's a moment that resonated at the time with a lot of people and was kind of iconic for. For the work it was doing at the time, okay. Um, the name of this entry is called, "You Have a Knack for Saving My Life." Ah, it is the upside down kiss between Spider Man and good old Mary Jane Watson.
0: Yeah, I think that's a crowning moment in the trilogy. You know. Yeah.
1: Be- because even today, what was it? The Homecoming came out what a year and a half, two years ago.
0: Yeah, which puts it I think about fifteen years.
1: And 15 it years parodies from. that very scene yeah, where he's hanging upside down and the AI goes, this is your chance, Peter. Yes, it,
0: it was definitely the most um, modern romantic superhero moment. It was. You know, yes. uh, 2000 hits, 2001, the film comes out. Um, not a big fan of Mary Jane. I've gone on record as saying that. Sir, but That's fine. But- the the whole rain sequence the whole mm-hmm. like him trying to hide in the shadows because he doesn't want no one knows his identity yeah um, he's
1: sort of Batmaning it up because he's like he's got no mask but he's just playing off the darkness to do the thing
0: yeah um, really really good the upside down kiss moment for Spider Man defines that trilogy for a lot of people it that's does. how they think it of absolutely that, does of that uh, moment there's,
1: there's two images you get. When you just that will just incur when you think of the Spider Man trilogy from back the Tobey Maguire back then, which is the upside down kiss and Spider Man on the flag.
0: Yeah, I was about to say Spider Man the American flag (laughs) (laughs) he was always in front of an American flag. They overdid it, but yeah,
1: the first one was great.
0: (laughs) Uh, let well, I say we stay in Spidey in Spidey Town. Okay, I'll, 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 uh Match your Spidey with a Spidey. I'm going to go with the train scene from Spider-Man 2.
1: I respect that.
0: The train <laughs> scene for Spider-Man also Man team also basically got redone. It was so great it got redone. Um, I think, at the time, was probably the best superhero fight we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, special effects now, when you look at it, is a little,
1: bit, it's a little, little shaky.
0: A little shaky, but considering that it was a, you know... A uh, half man, half arachnid against a sure. octopus metal man. Uh, they think they did pretty, pretty well. I also like the New Yorkers standing up for Spider Man. I liked, um, you know, he's just a kid, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the idea that that they could fight on a moving train, which is like that's kind of cliche, but um, with their powers, it made it cool. Right. And then Peter gets knocked off the train, and even when he's knocked off the train, um. Uh, octopus starts to throw people randomly out of the train and he has to catch them because he knows that peter won't let any of these people die and so mm-hmm. this is going to make this way easier he um kills the conductor he just smashes his face with one yeah. of the tentacles through his face and then breaks the um the brakes of the of the thing and now we have an immovable, ob- i mean a uh, uh, unstoppable force and he uh spider-man initially just starts to try to web things and web it up and it doesn't work in the beginning it all starts to break yeah and so he has to do like on a tremendous amount of webs and you get that iconic jesus pose moment where yes. he's trying to hold the train back and he's screaming oh it's all so good that's that's um, it, it's a
1: wonderful scene um if i may slightly d- it, uh, deviate a little bit yeah Doc Ock has a lot of horrifying moments in this movie. Yeah, he does. Um, Especially,
0: like, the birth of Doc Ock. Is yeah, a, is yeah, like, like straight like, from it, a horror the movie. First
1: time that the, the first time that those, like, arms sort of come alive and they're just murdering everyone in the, in the hospital room. Yeah. It was like, Jesus Christ. It, it, it was, it, yeah, it's just like you said, it was very much a, a horror scene. Kind of, it, it it's something out of uh, Evil Dead, which I think was the same director.
0: Right. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah, I know Bruce mean? Campbell, and I know Bruce Campbell's in.
1: Yes, uh,
0: in. Uh, he's he's in that movie.
1: Yes,
0: I, you also get the whole like um, talking to the tentacles thing. Yeah, and he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Which which was also the issue with Norman. Remember?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, remember, how I had to sacrifice. I, I like Norman. <laughs> I like Norman. He didn't make the list for me in this though. I did like Norman though.
1: I I, I loved Norman, and I thought about it because like um, I'm I'm a fan of the um the roof chat. That okay. They have yeah. yeah. Me and you, Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he finally had to put on that voice for that. I don't right? know, but I like the voice. It is what honestly. it is.
1: It, it was, it was a little bit of cheese from William Dafoe, but it worked. And for he me.
0: was like, kind of ripped.
1: I, yeah, yeah, but I, I also think that the, there was supposed to be an idea that they were personalities. Yeah. So like, they don't do it with Two Face, but in the cartoon, Big Bad Harv and. Harvey Dent are two different people with two distinct distinct voices. Yeah. And a lot of other mediums kind of with voice acting portray them that way. So I think that's what William Dafoe was going for. That the manic side of him that is the Green Goblin would sound different from um, Norman Osborn. Yeah, that makes sense. So it it worked for me.
0: I dig it. I dig it.
1: Because when he's talking to that other side of him in the mirror, they have different voices.
0: Yeah. I, and, I, and you know, he also comes back to kind of motivate uh, Harry. Yes, he does. Harry. <laughs> Harry. We yeah. take
2: his
1: heart.
0: Yeah, there was a lot going on in that movie. <laughs> a lot going on in all those movies. But I think we we picked some uh, some great moments. What do you got? Uh,
1: no, you're next. You
0: have number eight. Oh, didn't I just do my uh, train scene? Oh, that's
1: right. That's right.
2: Number Wait, did you
0: say for... fantastic? Are you... No, that is not, that is not you... some sort of foreshadowing. No? I now, thought that was pretty cool.
1: Number eight for me is it's one of those moments where even though I don't find myself constantly needing these things to happen, you sometimes just want to see an image from the comic books portrayed on that big screen. This was a big image I was looking forward to since the movie was announced, and I got it. Okay. <clears throat> so this scene for me is entitled, He Killed My Mom. Uh... In which you get the big Captain America Iron Man fight in that bunker, and you get the scene from that Civil War comic that I love so much of um, Tony shooting the blasters and Iron Man just fighting it off with the shield, and yeah. it just looked wonderful.
0: Yeah, I mean, it comes straight out of that comic there. At this point, we have been, you know, close to a decade with with these characters. Mm-hmm. We don't really want to see them fight, but man, they did not pull out any of the punches in that fight. No, Especially, they did not. you know, uh, it, it it almost looked like two pit bulls fighting, and Cap is trying to grab them by their <laughs> leashes and keep them away from each other. Right. At the point where they're amputating one another, he tries to rip the uh, arc reactor out. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. Um, and then, as, again, as a Cap fan, the whole, like, he's moving too fast for our censors to... I'm like, what? Is that a thing? I, I dig that. Yes, he's moving too fast. What does that even mean? Go get him, Cap. We uh, can't keep up with him. Uh, so great. I don't know why she's Irish now, Friday, right? Um, but um,
1: I, I, I assume she always was, I guess. Yeah,
0: so great. I thought that was... Uh, Tony
1: I, seems like the kind of person who would pick particular female accents for his
0: A.I. Now, now, are you of the belief that Tony is validated in this moment? like he That, or that he's justified?
1: Um, I believe his his emotional reaction is sort of justified like logically speaking, sure, cap is right. he didn't have control of himself, it was you know um it was hydra, basically, right. but I can understand harboring you know this uh resentment and and vengeance for the people who killed your parents your entire life, yeah, and you find out like. We know that it's Bucky. Cap knows that it's Bucky. Tony Stark doesn't give a crap about this guy. No, he doesn't. Nope. And once he learns this information, like, he doesn't see Cap's friend Bucky or former, you know, U.S. soldier Bucky. He just sees the dude who killed his parents.
0: Yeah, and that's all that he needs to see at that point. That's
1: all that matters to Tony. Not that, like, this guy could be an Avenger or could be a friend of Cap's. Just... Murder of my parents, and then that
0: scene ends with him take, telling him to drop the the shield, which is another like, uh, like I get you're upset, bro, but like, yeah, do you really need the shield back?
1: You... T- Tony's the kind of guy who, when he gets upset, he'll he'll go for the jugular. So you also feel
0: like he's the kind of guy who, when he breaks up, he wants all his stuff back. He wants all his like, oh, yeah. sweatshirts oh, yeah. and his CDs. Oh
1: yeah,
0: people don't give each other CDs anymore, do they? No. What, they what do you do? You just customize an iPod and give it to somebody. No. How does, how does <laughs> this work nowadays? <laughs> I'm a little bit I'm a little bit off uh, course with that. I dig that, I dig that. Um, you said with your Spider-Man choice that you picked something that you feel like was so iconic in the medium that they ended up just redoing it uh mm-hmm. time, time again. I think there's a scene in comic book movie history that people forget that I think is the precursor to a lot. Um, and it is the introduction to Hit Girl and Kick Ass. Oh, okay. I think okay. I think the you very, have been indie here. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little man, in case you had not know, Kick-Ass, you know, uh, co- a comic book, you know, Kick-Ass the movie, written after the comic book property, Kick-Ass. And the introduction of Hit-Girl in this, you know, it starts off with Kick-Ass just seemingly in over his own head. He's in a gangster's home. Um. He's trying to like defend his girlfriend. He's in the gangster's home. And all of a sudden, one of the gangsters gets tasered in the, their forehead. And you're like, what the heck is going on? Who is this? And you turn, you see this little girl with a bow staff. And each edge of the bow staff has a knife attached to it. And she <laughs> is just filleting these grown men. She's going through cutting off arms, cutting off legs, cutting off fingers. Uh, she has all these cool gadgets and, and these acrobatic uh, moments. Uh I see it in Deadpool, you know, I see it, anytime anything wants to go R-rated, especially with swords and stuff, like, I felt, like, because they didn't shy away, especially in the superhero genre with this, that introduction, it, not only is it great, but it, it gives me hope for a Damon, a Damien Wayne uh, in, 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 um, in Superheroes, because they could do it, and they did it then, you know, Chloe right. Grace Moretz, I want to say is yes. her name?
1: Chloe Grace Moretz. She was what, eight when that happened, maybe no. seven or something. <laughs> I don't think she was that young.
0: Yeah, she, was, she, was, she was definitely young. She was definitely pretty young. Because she was like, what, 14 when she did Carrie?
1: Um, 15 or something? Was she?
0: Or she was definitely, yeah, because she was like in junior high school, I want to say, okay. in, in kick-ass. She was young. And, and the idea that they would let not only a young, but a little girl, the you right. know, there's this... in Hollywood where that's like the most precious commodity is like young little girls so if you ever want to make someone seem evil they traffic young little girls or they kill young little girls or the kid exactly so young and and so the fact that she is this young little girl that's completely capable of not only uh, protecting herself, but now saving another grown-ass man. Right. Uh, I got to throw the Hit Girl stuff in there. And it also made me feel a little bit good about putting, you know, a little indie film on my list. Uh, uh, you know, I'm you not out there. I was My pinky is fully out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, I'm, yes. I'm
1: fancy. If, if you could see how pretentious and <laughs>
0: – Look at that. Look how erect that pinky is now. right there. Yes. Out of control. But, yeah, Bo Staff's nice on the top. Little would also
1: like you to know he reads Saga.
0: They, oh my god! Not not that pretentious, <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely. Both staff with nine in the top. That is that's on that's on the list. Definitely uh, right. on the list. No,
1: that, I respect that. Uh, I, yeah, I became a huge fan. Of, yeah, fan, fan of Chloe Grace Moretz.
0: Were you getting into your Morrison again? Uh, <laughs> I was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was a huge fan.
1: <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz really, really, you know, found a way into my heart through those films. That was it. Um. Yeah, I became a big fan of Chloe Grace Moretz after that stuff and kind of followed her around like, and you know, enjoyed her. And, um, she did the the Denzel Washington film that they just sequeled, um, The Equalizer. Oh, yeah, Equalizer, yes. Uh, I believe she's in Neighbors, too. I got to get around to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in a lot of stuff.
1: It, they were fun. Also, you get the man who would be Quicksilver.
0: Yes, you do. Out of kick-ass. Yep, yeah, we're just talking about him, too. Yes. And yes, he yes, fights Godzilla. So <laughs> that's the whole thing. He's, <laughs> oh, had God, a a he He's had a hell of a he life. He's had a hell of a life. He does? Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I want to say his name. He's oh, okay. done a lot of stuff. And guess and you uh, guess what? In Godzilla, his love interest is Scarlet Witch. <laughs> makes it a little weird. Makes it a little creepy. No, it just makes it ultimate. Oh, there oh yeah, that did happen in Ultimate, didn't it?
1: Yes, it did. Uh. And and nobody likes to remember it happened. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. Okay, so my I want to say we're on number seven.
0: Yeah, we're on seven.
1: So my number seven is in the fantastical, amazing spectacle that is. Comic books and comic book movies. It can sometimes be a bit difficult to get a moment that that really actually tugs at you. Okay. There are a lot of sweet moments, there are a lot of nice moments, and a lot of fun moments, but very it actually seems to be very rare, especially in the fleeting timelines or time frames that certain characters are around for, that you get a really powerful, strong moment. Yeah. Um. I got one here that I, I can rarely ever say this. I almost teared up during a film.
0: Okay.
1: Still kind of do when <laughs> I watch it.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: That would be the Ravager funeral from Guardians of the Galaxy 2.
0: Yeah, that that is.
1: I have never felt that bad about a character <laughs> death. It's so long.
0: And you also have the accompanying Cat Stevens song in the background. Yes, you know, th- uh, did not freaking help. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was... So sad. I but try so to think. Powerful. I try to think now, though. We rarely get funerals now for these heroes. Mm-mm. You know, we get the we get the uh, um obligatory spider-man in the in the in the the cemetery scene (laughs) in that trilogy every year sure um but we rarely got an opportunity for heroes to say goodbye to other heroes yeah and so the
1: only one i can think of is um the the peggy carter one
0: yeah and you saw how that was kind of like heart-wrenching too because it's the idea that like i've known this person my whole life and well not my whole life but and uh, the most important part of my life. And now this person's gone. Same thing with Peter Quill here with Yandu, who basically makes a full circle of redemption in this yeah. film. Um, and th- was threatened that he would never have this reaction when yeah. he passed away. Th- this
1: was the only, re- like the only thing he really wanted. Yeah. In the sense that like, it was the only th- Yandu just being this devil may care, you know, uh, how do you say criminal of a character? Like, this is the only thing that kind of meant something to him. Yeah. Between, between protecting Peter Quill, the Ravagers was kind of the only thing that meant something to him. As far as he was concerned, he was still part of it. Yeah. You know? So for him to kind of get that send-off, you even see it in his partner. Like, Yandu went out on the highest possible note he could have.
0: Yeah, he got the highest respect from his group. Um, you know, um, Sean Gunn's character. I can't remember his
1: name. I don't either. Uh,
0: but yeah, he was all hyped that, you know, he had gotten yeah. that. And then the, you know, how it loops into itself where Rocket asks the question out loud basically if he's ever going to get that kind of reaction. Like, you yeah. know, like, or the idea that well, Yandu is kind of a dick and he still got this reaction. Is there hope out there for other dicks? It wraps be, up, it know. wraps
1: up kind of everyone in that moment. Like it, everyone just kind of comes together in, the, in like, Rocket sort of admits that he's, kind of a really flawed person and doesn't know how to fix that in himself but is trying to yeah um Gamora and and Star Lord just kind of finally like admit that there is something happening between the two of them yeah you know everyone yeah. just kind of gets roped in by this massive moment
0: and it ties it off the movie off like a bow
1: yeah oh, yeah absolutely
0: oh. Great moment, I have a moment
1: oh and that's... and and Groot and Groot actually um embraces Drax, uh-huh. which he won't do for the entire film,
0: Be, yeah because he's in his little yeah, he's uh-huh. in this
1: weird thing with Drax where like he won't even dance in front of Drax right
0: right, right, uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, and like I said they became and, such like, a family in that they second film,
1: him and everything. Was...
0: they definitely become such a family in that film, and they lost a family member. I thought the whole idea of like covering him him up in like all these cool like trinkets and stuff before they sent him out on his Viking funeral um, was, I thought that was pretty great.
1: Kind of reminded me of the, the Spock funeral from Star Trek. Uh, Can I say it's not,
0: it's not on my list, but I absolutely love the Viking funeral from Thor too. Mm. When uh, Frigga passes away, Thor's mother and Loki has that quiet reaction in his cell where he basically just like does this thing of magic and sends everything in his cell Smashing because he's just so upset that yeah. his mother has passed. Um, my moment is going to be ac- incredibly short, but I think it's an incredibly good moment, and I also think that it is a moment um, that I think back to fondly so many times. Mm. So, after realizing that the person that he's been trying to arrest or you know uh, take into captivity or custody probably is never it, that's never going to happen, we see a, a sad. Uh, a depressed and just a bottom of the barrel Thunderbolt Ross having a drink at a bar, and he's sitting there and he just wants to drink all his problems away. When you see a silhouette at the bar door, and as he gets closer, you realize that this is Tony Stark. Uh-huh. And Tony Stark walks over to Thunderbolt Ross and basically asks him if he knows about you know where Bruce Banner is and heard that he's going having some troubles with the Hulk. Right. And he was like, uh, and he basically says what if I told you we're putting together some si- some kind of a team? Mm-hmm. And that was just like, I know the Avengers initiative stuff from Nick Fury was yes. a big deal, but this is the first crossover. Right. And that was such a big deal to me because this was the first time I'm guessing in history that this has happened, the crossover. And um, the fact that they have laid it out on the table, like Easter eggs get very Easter eggy where they right. want you to go on this like, um, you know, galaxy quest to find, all the hidden clues of what they're trying to say. Remember right. the Essex thing from Logan? I think it was oh, or some yeah, of those things. Yeah. Or um, Apocalypse. Corporation. It was Apocalypse. I was like well, Essex, and I should have known it was Mister Sinister off the rap. But it's like there's a lot of names in, the, in comic books. <laughs> um, so
1: especially in X Men, which is just its entire island to itself, right? Continuity and
0: so it's this idea, and because there have been so many islands to themselves, Spider Man, X Men, that we had just gotten, yeah. you know, in the same decade that moment in incredible hulk is the moment that says this is not your grandfather's superhero right. franchise we're about to put everybody together and this is about to be you know a whole different thing
1: which is funny because in a lot of ways a lot of people do not ever talk about the incredible hulk as an mcu film right yeah like it's sort of this forgotten movie
0: it's definitely like a stepchild of of
1: like uh, it never seemed like it was ever a part of it in the first in the first place but there is so many crossovers in it that you know thunderbolt was that actor and that character still th- around today from that yeah you know from what was it it was like the second movie in the franchise technically yeah so from that st- in infinity war
0: and it makes sense that he would know and have the knowledge of everything that's happened so far because he's been in that position yes which you by know? the
1: way my pitch um avengers 5 New Avengers versus the Thunderbolts.
0: Ah, uh, you gonna have old Red Hulk in there?
1: I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying Red Hulk, but I'm saying he leads the team. I dig it. It's his team of douchebags. I dig it. I These dig are it. guys that obey me because the the Avengers freaking won't.
0: Yes, as long as they, as long as they don't get too close to the Suicide Squad a- aspect of the Thunderbolts. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Just more like um, in t- just more like a team versus team battle instead of a team versus a big guy.
0: Yeah, I also don't um, or a team dig...
1: versus a horde of aliens.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need them for twenty minutes saying, "Uh, you know, we're the bad guys." Oh, by the way, we're the bad guys. Yeah,
1: no, it's just like Thunderbolts team of villains. Like you could even the few that they have that are still alive, you could even bring back established villains, and they'd be your Thunderbolts. Yeah, versus, I can see that. You know, the Thunderbolt Ross team versus the team of the New Avengers, which will be especially if you keep if you still people if you're still keeping
0: more. people alive. That that should be a whole thing, right? But like the, keep what? villains alive so you can use them again. Come on, guys.
1: Ant Man, Wasp, Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on.
1: Uh I'm like I'm, I'm thinking about who's going to still be around. Oh yeah, get to I mean Avengers
0: T'Challa. Five. got to be around. T- you know, Black, T'Challa, yes. T'Challa, Black Panther. yes. Black
1: around. It's, it's almost the Ultimates at that point. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's
0: yours. Yeah, we're getting close to that top five. This is your number six. Yes,
1: it is. So, for number six, what I have going on here is I just kind of knock into the table a bit, eh? we're gonna go a little bit. I think this is our first. No, it's going to be our yes, our first foray into what we know now as supposedly the DCEU or DCEU, oh, DC not. Worlds, or they just won't title it, whatever, right, DC right, right. Cinematic Universe. Um, <laughs> uh, One of my favorite scenes from what a lot of people would say has been their absolute best movie to date, and what you have to say has been their biggest has been the biggest benchmark movie for superhero films as a whole for quite some time.
0: Ah, Batman vs Superman. I get it. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I didn't think you are gonna have the Martha scene on this on this show, but I no, mean, no,
1: you're a jerk. <laughs> no, I'm talking about No Man's Land from Wonder Woman.
0: Ah, Diana Prince.
1: A scene that they had to fight to keep into the film.
0: Just maddening, right? Like, yeah, uh, why, why would you ever yeah, think that that would need uh, to be taken they, out?
1: They did not want it in there, and um, Miss Patty Jenkins had to fight to keep that scene in the film. I, I'm not sure what she actually to get it, yeah, but it ended up being the iconic shot of the entire film. Wonder, uh, Diana Prince is, is stuck in the trenches of World War Two, World War One, excuse me. Uh, we've done World War Two so many times, yeah, you'd right. think it was <laughs> World War One. And she just decides she's going to fight off the bad guys herself and just walks up into no man's land and just into a hailstorm storm of bullets and just starts fighting them off, blocking it one by one. This beautiful slow motion cinematic shot of her just blocking off bullets with her gauntlets. It goes running into the fight and then just takes out the entire other side and the rest of the war goes with her.
0: Yeah, I it's, thought that was really good. I, I liked um, I liked the gravitas that they brought to war because war in a lot of these movies is just something that you, that you do, right? Yeah. And so in this film, like her seeing that children were being gassed and that people haven't been been fed, uh, dealing with the PTSD of that guy that could the, the sharpshooter. Yeah, you know, dealing with him and the idea, you know, that scene starts off with like um,
1: who never quite gets quite gets his W in that movie. I don't no, know. no, I never no, got that. which is also
0: kind of a haunting. You know, like yeah. reality, yeah, uh, portion of that film, but you get the moment where she they say, like, Diana, no, no man has ever crossed whatever, whatever. He's like, I have no man, and then she crosses it, and then you get the music, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the music swells up, um, do 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 and do then she, like, do 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 then she has like that assault, yes, uh, where she just goes through.
1: Kneeing people through <laughs> windows <laughs>
0: and all kinds of stuff—definitely a kick-ass moment. DCEU definitely needed it, also, uh, to show and
1: and, and uh, lasso and everything.
0: Oh, they all, all the got tools. it. Yeah, they all got it, and she took all the fire. And it's funny because it's almost like a parable to. Um, DCU criticism, right? Like, she stood there and took all the energy and attention yeah. and all that stuff so that the rest of the movies could run around and flank and they could get uh, to the other side safely. And
1: by the way, whether it's Gal Gadot or the stunt woman, whatever, like, she just moves smoothly through so many of those scenes. Yeah, she does. Especially
0: a lot of those sliding like yeah. uh, on the knees stuff. I could can, I can do that once and then I'm never getting back she, up she again. She
1: looks like she definitely stands out as, like, a warrior just amongst soldiers. Yeah. You know? Ahead yeah. of people were just fighting their guns and throwing their grenades and whatnot. She looks like someone who's just been trained to do this. And It stands it. out a lot. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Ever.
0: I didn't even realize that, and that's why they give her lots of lots of like fighty things. They did gave her a little scene in Justice League. I think <laughs> she might be the only one with it with a scene in Justice League by herself.
1: Um. Or oh, like like her own fight scene. Yeah. Like away from the team. Oh yeah. The the bank. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
0: she definitely gets her own little little thing there. Uh, speaking of moments that made you a little bit emotional, this one probably is um, one of the most emotional moments I had in the MCU, hmm. uh, and it is when Ronan, hmm. <laughs> Ronan's uh, stone, falls out of the hammer or is smashed out of the hammer. Yes. And Peter Quill goes to grab it and grabs it. And um, the energy starts to kill him, and the Guardians have to hold hands to distribute the energy, and Peter sees his mother, (laughs) cancer-ridden mother, uh, as Gamora, asking for his hand to be outstretched. And watching every one of them slowly volunteer to to disperse the rest of this energy, Mm -hmm. and then basically like, you heard it. With Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> like that, like all of that together, the music swelling up, <laughs> <laughs> all of that, so cool. It's, it's, one of the,
1: it's one of the few times in that movie where it seems like the Guardians have their own theme because it's, it's so entrenched in this, um, in this like Peter Quill mixtape, yes,
0: exactly. And so, um, you know, him, somebody who's done it uh, by himself for the majority of the movie and doesn't really want a team, gets this team. And this is their first real big team moment. Their first moment of sacrifice. Besides the Groot stuff where he blows himself up. Which is, that was kind of sad too. That yeah, we was. are we are Groot. Uh, uh, goes in there. But one moment per movie. So I'm picking uh, that moment. I, I got to pick the moment where the Guardians choose to. Because they didn't know what the heck was going to happen. They all could have died. Right. Uh, in that moment they chose to disperse the energies of an infinity stone. Between the five of them. The four of them. Yes. Uh, and that. Is always gonna. I'm always gonna see the Peter take my hand and yeah. him looking over. It's it's
1: a, it's a great moment even just thematically because Peter finally gets to like accept his mother's death in the way he didn't as a child. Yeah, he ran away. Yeah,
0: he ran away from that, and this is the most stand. Like he ran away because he did not know what life would be afterwards. And that's what change does, right? Yeah. In this moment, he's and he completely also just
1: did, like he didn't want to accept that, like you know, this was her going away.
0: Yeah. And that, that that this that these if things I take happen. Take her hand; it's gonna happen. Right, um, and now he's he's able to give that up, and Oh, just just a great moment. That is that rounds out number five on my list of mm-hmm. top moments. What breaks your top five?
1: Number five for me might not be as big for other people, but for me, there's sort of maybe one moment where you kind of decide. You might be on a fence with a character, and you get that moment where it's just like, okay, this is cool. I love this. I'm a fan now. For me, that came in one of my favorite scenes set to one of my favorite scores, um, the artist of which uh, I forget at the moment, (laughs) which I titled, Does Anybody Want to Get Off? Ah,
0: that's on my list as well. <laughs> yep, definitely.
1: Captain America escapes the S.H.I.E.L.D. base. Yeah. That really badass, um, cramped elevator fight scene and then taking out every, every one of the S.H.I.E.L.D. slash probably HYDRA forces.
0: It it was a Takes great moment. Out the plane. Yeah, it's a great moment because it builds on the tension. You know, yeah. you see, you see a great, it had to be great, you know, directing, great acting, um you know comes out this is in winter soldier uh 2014 so yes. um you see the look on chris evans face as he starts to deduce what's happening and he's doing you know the mental math and he's like okay there's way too many people here why are they surrounding me they all seem to have weapons mm-hmm. you know what's going on it's here it's
1: just instinctual soldier's instincts completely
0: and then that badass moment of saying that line is like wow you really were ready for this huh mm-hmm. like dude, this is a big moment for you and he you know, he says the line, and then he spends the majority of that fight handcuffed, basically. He has one hand. Uh, like, but, magnetically stuck to the wall. Yeah, and he's being electrocuted. <laughs> he's being pounded on and electrocuted. All this kind of stuff. He's doing all these kind of cool... Good All these cool gymnastics and stuff. And then, once everybody's uh, knocked out, he does that cool little stomping of the shield. Yes. And bounces off, and he grabs it. Um, grabs
1: it, front flip, pose. Yeah,
0: and then... Well, no, he grabs it, and then he hears that there's people on the other side of the elevator door.
1: Oh, okay. And So he
0: smashes out the back of the... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he smashes out the back of the thing, falls at least an estimated 700 miles down to the ground.
1: Apparently that shield (laughs) just, like, makes everything happen.
0: And that uh, he falls down to the ground that shield, you know, is able to take, I guess, all of the forces what vibranium does, I think. Right. And then, um, they're like, well, you have to close all the, all the doors, you know, then he won't get out. And then you see Cap on a motorcycle just <laughs> shooting out of, out of the, uh, building. And, uh, he decides to go one-on-one with a Quinjet. Yes. And, uh, you know, oh my god, jumps on, does like a triple axel, so jumps on the on the quick jet, throws his shield, smashes two of the bang bang, uh, like
1: takes out two or three engines in one throw,
0: jumps, and then he does the the, coolest, the shield, probably the flip, best superhero, superhero landing.
1: landing. So good that the last Marvel versus Capcom Infinite game actually used it for their big Captain America like combo move. Ah,
0: that's, I mean. That's you can hear it almost that and the, and the Iron Man one, right? We yeah. hear the metal just ding, they're here, it's over.
1: Um, also. Playing the song that, like for me, has become sort of the Captain America theme song in that movie.
0: Oh, yeah, taking a stand. So that yes. guy who did that was Henry Jackman, did the um Henry Jackson or Jack Jackman? Jackman, I Jackman? Think of, yeah, because okay. it reminds me of Hugh Jackman. Okay. <laughs> Henry Jackman. Yes. Uh yeah, he did the score for Winter Soldier, and that, that taking a stand song is my Captain America. I think theme. he
1: did the score for Civil War as well because it's all very much it's all very similar.
0: I really, really like uh what they're able to do with that character and just that movie in general took that character to a different length. And um, you know, made him serious. It's what I say can happen with Superman. Like he still has the boy scout ideals, but he can kick mm-hmm. your ass sometimes. That's what, kind of what a superhero should be. Absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna go with probably my favorite X Men scene. Okay. And this is all from X-Men, so it's all yours. this <laughs> is from X Men First Class in 2011, where Magneto chooses to go heal. Ah. Uh. I think the scene in which, uh, you know, you have Shaw there, played by Kevin Bacon, uh, who's tortured this kid through the Holocaust. Uh, uh,
1: um, I forget I, I forget fighting. the actor who
0: plays um, Magneto? Magneto right now. For Michael some Fassbender. There you go. Michael Fassbender has been on a blood-fueled revenge quest to yes. get up to Shaw and kill this man. Shaw wants to uh, start the next... War by having Russia and United States uh, bomb themselves to, yes. you know, oblivion. Into a, into a nuclear holocaust. Right? And then more mutants will be born because they will be children of the atom or something like that. Uh, Isn't that the title of one of the books? That's definitely one of the games, the, oh, okay. the children of the atom. And I remember, um, you know, you have the scene where Shaw is there basically intimidating Magneto, and Magneto's basically helpless, and he's able to pull the helmet away from Shaw. So him him working in tandem with P- P- Prof X, Professor X freezes Shaw in place mm-hmm. so that um Magneto can get the helmet and subdue Shaw. Yes. That's the this is the whole plan. Uh you have to subdue Shaw. Um Gotta
1: take him in, he's gonna face justice. That's what happens,
0: you know, justice never vengeance, justice never vengeance unless you're Magneto, who puts on the helmet that basically is his helmet you know the helmet mm-hmm. that is iconic to him as a character that score starts to come in that din 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 din, din 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 and um he the man sends a coin he presses a coin with enough pressure to go through a man's scalp uh causing um, and uh, uh, Charles can't let go of his psychotic, uh, you know, his psychic connection to Shaw because then Shaw is going to, you know, I guess scream or bug out. I mean, yeah. blood goes all over the place. Like he has to hold this guy in place as it happens.
1: But he, and, which means he also has to feel a little bit. Of exactly.
0: It. <laughs> and you, he's screaming, uh, you know. So in that moment there, I thought it was great because it, it was the severing of Charles and Magneto in that yeah. moment. But then you also get the severing when they, when they try to shoot. Uh, Magneto, and he sends one of the bullets into Charles' spine, and right. it severs all the nerves to his legs. Lots so of severings. There was definitely, like, a metaphorical severing and then a literal severing there, but in between those two moments, what also was great was yeah. that, now they're like, oh, crap, so they're just mutants on that island? Let's just bomb the island. So they the Russians and the Americans decide to send nukes to the island to just bomb uh, just the mutants Oh, open and shut case they'll all be done and Magneto takes all the nukes and turns them in direction back towards um,
1: their, their, uh, their yeah
0: whoever sent countries. them yeah their countries and doing one of the best villain monologues of all time of like you think that you have all the power and you know yada 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 you think you just come and do whatever you please oh great moment there's a lot of good Magneto moments but I feel like Mag- our Magneto from the original trilogy mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of Darth Vader, where he had a lot of cool swag, but he was too old to actually do things. <laughs> so I I want to say that Fastbender in that moment was like, Okay, we, we got a new one I now, we, what you we, mean. I'll say this, with this.
1: I'll say this though. Um for me, they had they had an easier job in the sense that Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart were already able to pork off their own chemistry because they were already good friends in real life. Yeah. So, like, the chemistry that Professor X and uh, Magneto are supposed to have as sort of lifelong friends is already there. Yeah. They just have to play the rest of it. It's true. So, they they work themselves into an easy get there.
0: And it was cool that they were able to explore how they get there, or how they eventually started, you know, yeah. that where they were on the same page, there was a time period where they were on the same page, You were part of the same team, and the fact that this was a, a definitive choice of Magneto's, yes. in both instances, even when Charles gets shot, he's all like, oh, my, my bad, by the way, I'm leaving, yeah. you know, like, he, he, that's when he severs, and it defines the Magneto for for the rest of the films, it because does. it's this Magneto, the Magneto who made this choice in this moment. I so,
1: I, 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 I definitely think the uh, the singer verse will deserve its own episode. <laughs>
0: one day, one day. I don't know. He's he's kind of in some Me Too mo- uh, movements. Oh right no, like no, 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 not about Singer but
1: like that's what I call that entire Sony X Men. <laughs> oh yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck, the time. We'll do the timeline. That'll be a five-hour singer- episode. We'll do the timeline. <laughs> no, not The timeline. Iron Jesus that Christ. out. Get everybody on the same page with that. What do you Listen, got? What do you got for your uh, number four?
1: Okay, so number four for me was um. There's rarely a time in my life where I can say that I heard an entire theater st- uh, sort of get up and applaud at okay. a scene. For me, I actually had that that experience some time ago in a movie we somewhat discussed earlier which was spider-man homecoming the Mm. and which i have titled as my number four come on (laughs) spider-man the scene inside the warehouse where he's trapped under pounds and pounds maybe even tons of concrete and steel beams and is trying to lift himself up looking at like the reflection of himself in the water he's like come on peter parker yeah come on, spider man,
0: yes, I get that that uh <laughs> that, uh simba looking in the water, yeah, you remember who you right. are kind of moment, yeah, like, that's pretty cool it's
1: it's also one of the rare scenes where it's like there is no there's no incumbent like rising music to it or anything. it is stuck in the solitude of yeah. that moment and being trapped in this empty space that like you, you wouldn't to, like
0: there would be no, no sound, there, there would you be would be just nothing. be there, you would die. With no fanfare, like no. all that stuff will crush you, and they would literally no one would know about it, it until they pulled it out. Fade out into
1: silence until they, you know, started going through the wreckage.
0: Yeah, and he had gotten his suit taken away, so he's mm-hmm. dealing with the regular hoodie. And like
1: as he, like as he starts to pick it up and just says, "Come on, Spider Man," and like I can hear the people behind me just get up and start clapping. I was just like, "They wow. want him to come on too." <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, like, "Come on, Spider Man!"
1: Like this is really and, like I felt it, and it resonated so deeply with me as a, as someone who didn't. Enjoy it as much as I enjoyed it until McGuire films that scene stands out, um, in an incredible way, yeah, to me. Like, I I was like, okay, I am behind this Tom Holland kid, yeah. <laughs> I and they said very that. reminiscent
0: from the comics, There's a very, uh, very iconic comic panel that shows him doing the same thing where he's lifting, yes, which I did not
1: realize till later, actually, which
0: is good, like I said, it's there job to educate us before that we know that they're educating us, right? That's right. how cool learning uh, is done. So I'm glad they're able to uh do some do some real big uh things with Spider-Man because we thought we've seen everything. We've seen a whole bunch of movies. We've seen f- oh, five yes. movies before this happened. So the fact that they're able to do something new and still pull from history, I thought was was really really cool. Yes. Um I'm going to go with the choice that knocked the airport battle out of uh, contention. <laughs> okay. I figured that that's only fair, and that is the Battle of Wakanda. The Battle of Wakanda in Avengers: Infinity War is probably one of the greatest things. Now, I had a, I you know we can only do one from one movie, right? So I was sitting between this and the Battle on Titan because the Battle on Titan has some of the best special effects with like the stuff that Doctor Strange does yes. with um with um Thanos Turn,
1: turns in, turns it turns a blast into like doves butterflies or something like that
0: yeah doves um all that stuff was incredible but i think what what weighs the wakanda stuff more is the fact that everyone got to fight at the same time they weren't like trying to fight the same person like this these horde those hordes of mindless whatever the heck they were right. um I think they call it the mindless or something like that. The these hordes of uh of, the mindless
1: uh, ones are like a Dormammu thing.
0: Oh yeah, that is that's definitely a Dormammu thing. But there's a I had the name for these creatures, right. but they they Thanos' army, you know, ravaging through everybody, seeing um, the scary parts of like Cap is way in over his head, mm-hmm. um, the Hulkbuster is down, um, you know, oh, they, uh, they are
1: very much losing this fight. There's
0: a lot of points in the fight where you're just like. These, you know, this this is not gonna end the way it's supposed to. I think Bucky, at one point, there's just too many on him, and then Thor shows up, you know, coming from, uh, you know, Native Villiers with Stormbreaker, with the Groot, and with um Rocket. And what's this number for you? This is three, but that's only because my original three was the Captain America
1: elevator scene. We have. We have what I said. Bring me Thanos at number three. We both do. <laughs> we both have this scene at so, number three.
0: So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's the idea that yeah, the you know, bring me Thanos. He's smashing through. I you know, on in Infinity War review, I say that he's one of the MVPs as well with Doctor Strange. Right, he smashes through countless ships by himself. You know, uh, takes out so many people, and then you get um, Thanos shows up. Uh, Vision gets stabbed about twenty more times. Cause that's what he does. He's a damn pincushion <laughs> in that movie. I don't understand why, but uh, yeah, he Vision, you know, saves Captain America's life, and then Thanos just comes, which then leads to the snap hurled around the world, which ultimately that's what won it over. Not only the Titan battle, but the the uh, airport scene, right? But. Y'all want to talk about steaks? There's your damn steaks. There's <laughs> all the steaks. Get your A1. Get your steak sauce because you got steaks on the menu. You got
1: Texas steaks. You got Alabama steaks. You got They're all,
0: the all steaks. there. They're all there watching You know, Steve and then disappearing and all that stuff. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Amazing. Uh, the most unique theater general, going.
1: This is no place to die. Uh,
0: terrible. The most, just... it is. The most unique theater experience I've ever had for a particular scene, especially in a comic book. Who ever
1: seen characters so lost? <laughs> like, people lost.
0: People were, like, people were like, "Who do we pray to now?" Who I'm like, "This it? is um, a lot going on." I
1: think it was Wall Machine where he was just like, "Cap, what just happened?" And Cap's like,
0: "Oh, my favorite is Okoye." I can't who can't, for can't him even to ex- have
1: a line? And he's like,
0: "He says, uh, 'Oh God, That's a, oh God.'" Yeah. Um. Okoye too The look on her face When T'Challa goes She is completely petrified Like
1: she had a hand on him And it just It was gone I also want to think That she's
0: also more petrified Because they live in a more Like ritualistic Yes Society So like she probably believes In like spirits And yeah yeah, And all that kind of stuff Much bigger What is going on here But the man won The battle of Wakanda
1: Especially for Okoye Who's like She's killed several people. Yeah, so death this and was something different.
0: Death and not even battle are things that scare her. Right, we've seen this in that in that scene right. where they where they're all lined up ready to take but on like, this army. This
1: isn't a battle stabbed by you know uh, a a sheath or a sword or whatnot. This was something bigger, something spiritual. Definitely. Um, for me, it was also um, you know a common thing people like to say is. Uh, that I've seen, at least as, as far as it involved actors, is this thing called Superhero Redemption. Okay. Uh, we've yeah. got the we've got the many failures of Johnny Storm, in which both <laughs> Chris Evans and Michael B. Jordan have come out the other side of it. You know, with Killmonger and Captain America. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Louis uh,
0: Fishburne left being Perry White so he could be uh, <laughs> uh, Goliath. Right. So there's that. Right. You know, Ryan Although Reynolds. Although he was the Silver Surfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he was.
1: So maybe that's also redemption. Yes, yeah, true.
0: Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, Deadpool. He was also in Blade, and he does um, right. Green Lantern.
1: For me, so. this was superhero redemption on a different sense, uh, or at least on a character sense. Okay. I came out of Thor Ragnarok really kind of hurting I with you. Thor.
0: I I did I did have a a uh, uh, um. Less than stellar reaction. I remember leaving it going, like, I don't really know how to feel. I don't know how to feel
1: I walked out of it saying, Okay, this was all really funny, but they made one of my favorite characters a steaming buffoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like this was this was Thor getting his his, his energy back for me. Right. You know? So like when he just screams out, "Bring me Thanos!" and just jumps up into the air. If you were in the theater with me, you would have heard me just scream. And, and he, Stormbreaker as and he, he also, hits the ground.
0: And he also lands what would supposedly be the killing blow. You know, yeah. he, right when he has all the um, and Stormbreaker breaks through the what the beam of all.
1: Stormbreaker, it, it 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 wins the beam battle, <laughs> the beam struggle, you know, with uh, the Infinity Stone. I'm assuming it's the Power Stone. <laughs> that seems to be the thing he uses the most. Yeah. But like it, the 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 power of an Infinity Stone could not stop Stormbreaker, which is like,
0: yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was freaking huge. Do you have something to sub up your number three? Uh
1: no, 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 no need for substitutions with that. That I think that's kind of interesting in itself. We both uh, yeah. we both picked that one for number three. That's well, what is your number two, sir? So
0: my number two uh was also something I think that was taken. So I'm going to put my number two as Superman around the world, nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> now oh, now a, there is a there is a great reason for Excuse this Excuse me
1: while I just just walk out there's, this a room great, right now. Now. there's a
0: great now There is a great reason for this I argue I argue sir <laughs> that there is not a scene more iconic to Superman than him flying backwards and 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 turning back time Now are there better scenes there definitely are better scenes, and I think that you might have yours, I'm guessing, at the top, because we're at number two now, and I had, I, I chose not to speak on Man of Steel for a reason, but watching Superman uh, turn back time in oh 1978 God. as Christopher Reeves is a hallmark moment, not only for uh, superhero movies, as far as like the capabilities of what these characters can do, because guess what? Uh, Luke Skywalker ain't turning the world around. You know what I'm saying? That ain't happening. You know, Poltergeist, <laughs> you, know, you know, Freddy Krueger, none of these guys are doing that. You know what I'm saying? We got Superman. He turns back time to save Lois Lane. Margot Kidder, rest her soul. Turn back to- you know, he starts that. He starts that. That's now Now the all in the rave. You know, uh, I mean, it's all the craze. Now you got Deadpool doing it. They do it in Teen Titans. Like right. this, it, this is the thing. But the first person to do it was Superman. Should he have done it? Would the world have survived? Those are questions for a different list. What I'm saying here, rule of cool applies. You take your suspension of disbelief. When, When that happened, when you were a young kid, all you knew was that Superman, if he wanted to, could turn back time by flying backwards. He's literally never done it ever in comics. And this is only ever done in this film. Never done again in film. But that's why I think it's one of you can the greatest also, like, moments.
1: Pull off his ass and throw this really awkward film. Yeah, like cellophane,
0: at you. like some kind of cellophane <laughs> uh, uh, trap or something. Oh, my God. But Superman, I'm telling you, Superman seventy, Superman seventy eight. Right. Superman flies, Superman right. flies right. around right. the world. That's you know my what? number two I'll, moment. I'll, I'll
1: give you this. I thought we almost did it again, and then you, you freaking <laughs> swerved me on that. Oh, one. that's what I do.
0: That's what we're here for.
1: Uh, good lord. Okay, <laughs> so my number two is similar. <laughs> My number two, though, is the one you've been waiting to hear about, which is Man of Steel, which is First Flight. Yes. Which is the the amazing Hans Zimmer score setting the stage for Superman finally, the actualized Superman finally emerging from his fortress in the suit and gives it a first try, stumbles a bit, and just he hears the words that were said to him in his head and focuses all his energy and just shoots up into the sky. And it's the most amazing moment for me because you can see the look on his face. Yeah. He is a child in that moment. It's just like, holy crap, I'm flying through the air. This is amazing. They also
0: have the confidence to let that scene play out. Yes. You know, the it scene... It would have been
1: real easy to just have him shoot right out the door.
0: Yeah. The scene, Um, you know... Or they could have done a lot, a lot of heavy narration like over the, ba- or the right. back of it or uh, whatever. But the fact that they let it play out, you get to see... It's one of the most human moments of, of, of in Superman history. Not even right. Man of Steel in Superman history. And I would say that probably now, now to some may eclipse my moment, but <laughs> it's about the flight, bro. It's about watching the guy take off at tremendous speeds. That's what people want to see. You we believe see, the man can fly. People want to see the man fly. Um you're a big uh, Man of steel just fan do you think space. that's the best do you think that's the best moment of, Man of steel Did you pick that as the best moment of Man of steel?
1: um as a moment yes, I'd say so like a a close second would be the fight, but I think as a pure just sort of um rewatchable and uh happy moment, it would be that one
0: okay, I can take that. I could definitely dig that.
1: The fight comes in a close second, though. But that's just a great moment as a fan who just likes watching <laughs> action and right, 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 punching and things destroyed.
0: I uh, my that Superman around the world moment was my number one. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm like, actually missing one. Yeah, because we we have had we had two that were the same. We had the the Wakanda battle and we had the elevator for Cap. Well,
1: I mean, So I just so, means you got to attend a little faster.
0: Yes. Uh. So I will just. Uh, say that. I guess.
1: Oh, well. Then, if I'm gonna
0: if I'm gonna do my number one off the off my top of my head, I will say Tony Stark um, sacrificing himself with the nuke. Even though I guess he didn't sacrifice himself, but Tony Stark choosing to send the nuke into okay outer space uh, at the end of that fight on of New York. First of all, the fight in New York is it's, it can win on its own. Sure, um, but I also feel like there's a lot of that, that that's nothing, right? Is that wrong to say? Am I gonna get? No, not
1: at all, not at all, not at all. But
0: uh, um, I feel like there's a, yeah, there's a lot of that that's just like set piece stuff, you know, yeah. and you don't know any of these great, people. It's a great fun fight. And yes, there's, there's
1: a lot going on, you know. But there's not, there's not really that emotional cute little moment where like, like Hawkeye makes the most impossible bow shot. Are oh, you looking? Loki's just kind of like. He's shutting out at me. Boom.
0: Yeah, he's not even looking half the time. You got the door stuff, I mean the Hulk stuff with yes. um Smash, and I'm always angry and puny God, you know. Um, but it's the Iron Man stuff because he is probably the person, like I said before, with the you know the most over his own head in this. Um, and doesn't really know what to do and just made an executive decision that I'm just gonna take this thing to space and could have died and almost died. And I thought that that set a good precedent. For the amount of stakes that they should have in these Avengers
1: films. So, see, here's my number one. It is the one particular moment in there. Okay. My number one is just what I simply said was um, Avengers Assemble. Okay. Which is the big circular shot. I was thinking that as well, yeah. Of all of them. That was the moment where it's just like, this thing worked. Yeah. <laughs> we we invested in this gimmick and it it worked. Yeah. We put out about a good, what, four or five movies? This is
0: what this looks like. This is what the final product and of all of your money and all of our money and time stuck with us on this and ride. story and, and effort. And then we gave
1: you this big collaborated film and, like, this worked. And, like, the theme song that has stuck with them since then, Yeah. that plays over it. Like, you get all your characters stand, standing together fighting for New York City, Captain America, the Hulk, Iron Man, Black Widow, who was the most equipped person to be in that thing, <laughs> she has she's guns. Like I have guns. Like yeah, she's like I have guns and they have limited bullets, so this is not going to be. But I guess gonna... you know, Hawkeye, I have bow.
0: Yeah, that's all they got. But they but they were part of the team and they showed them to be like worthy members of the when team.
1: When I when I went to um the big like Infinity War marathon event, uh, when they played Avengers, like everyone kind of just got up for that scene again. Yeah. It it is It reminds that. you
0: how you felt the first time you saw that yeah. all come together. And it was something you had only seen before in books or in animated uh shows. But here
1: we are for the third movie and probably the one thing that this whole thing has been building up to for this entire time. Which by the way, which apparent was apparently a mistake.
0: And that film and that thing, you know, break a billion dollars. That film and that moment break a billion dollars. Right. It set the standard for what we get now in the MCU. oh, oh just Do you know what greatness. I mean by that? By the uh the mistake. I do not know the mistake.
1: Supposedly there was never like a Thanos plan. Huh. But Joss Whedon just like threw in this thing at the end where it's just like we'll just have Thanos just looking at the earth.
0: Well, I guess that's why it kinda gets confusing with the whole I'll do it myself stuff and yeah. then and then also they did like to to fight them would be the court death. Yes. Which is like
1: Which really makes you think they're going that whole, whole like death Infinity route, yeah. Gauntlet route where like like there is a death, and I'm going to hit on her incessantly. Yeah, I just keep killing fools you know, until just she respects zones me. me or whatever. That's
0: the most like. And uh,
1: then by the time they have actually started to make Thanos a character, we're just like, we're not doing
0: that. Stop he's it. stepping on his own toes there. He's just like, I'm just going to keep <laughs> killing people. Do you love me? That's a that's a that's a pretty uh, bold statement there to make. Um... Yeah, I mean, Avengers is the be-all and end-all right now. It is one of the one of those measuring sticks. Yes. In the medium right now of of, of I, point I, you have I cannot to hit. think
1: of any scene that is more intrinsically like important to the superhero genre than that moment. If that moment doesn't work, it's WrestleMania one. If that moment doesn't work, this whole thing falls apart. That's true
0: because people are still playing catch up to that moment. They yeah. want that moment. And they've tried. We've seen that movie Try to get replicated in other <clears throat> Justice League, other <laughs> films, and it doesn't work as well because you didn't do the homework. You didn't. No. You didn't let us be invested. Not at all. And so then it kind of takes away.
1: Um, and, and 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 um, what Sony tried to build up to that moment was their like their little their their little monster thing with the dark universe, and it fell flat on its face. Yes, it did after the mummy, and uh, what else? Um. Uh, Sony's going to try to do their little Spider-Verse thing, and it's probably going to fall flat on its face because they don't know how not. to do it.
0: Ah, uh, come on, Sony. <laughs> Figure it out. And then the, don't forget their Morbius movie. That's <sighs> sure to have some top 10 <sighs> comic book <laughs> moments in it, right? <sighs> your your favorite uh, Morbius? Top everyone's top everyone's favorite to- Morbius?
1: Top 10 moments to laugh at. By the way, he's
0: supposed to be playing by Jared Leto, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> More used condoms for everyone. <laughs> oh, God. It's method acting. It's no, he's just gonna, say, he's method. gonna.
1: He's gonna go on Amazon and send everyone packs of True Blood.
0: <sighs> you got nothing from BVS, bro. Where's your BVS moments at? No,
1: I, I couldn't <laughs> think of too many actual, like, really great c- cinematic moments from BVS. Everything, everything that I kind of enjoy about BVS is thematic. Okay. And even some of the thematics fail because of certain missteps. <laughs> I I can see that. I like I thought instantly. I considered the Wonder Woman scene, but like the Wonder Woman scene in her own film made more sense to me than her appearing at the end. Yeah. And like, even though it's the Trinity thing, it wasn't as good as it could have been.
0: Not to take it off subject, but they're gonna have to explain hmm. in this next Wonder Woman why she chose to be away from men this whole time, right? Um. Because at the end I of Wonder Woman one, like, she was fine.
1: I feel like they kind of retconned it at this point. <laughs> Did they? Because in BVS, she wants nothing to do with that
0: fight right, or right, any right. of that.
1: There, 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 there's supposed to be a point in her life where she becomes uh, disenfranchised with the whole thing.
0: Right. So I'm guessing we're gonna have to kind of maybe get or maybe, like you said, it might have just been completely retconned.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think mistakes were made. Um, with the best of the best, with
0: the best of the best being out here, we've done our top ten. Is there any rapid fire moments you that have crossed your mind since this conversation that you wish to speak about?
1: Um. Well, like I said, the 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 Trinity moment, at least for a few fleeting seconds, is really cool. Yeah, that
0: slow motion of just seeing them all three there was pretty.
1: cool. Yeah, and yeah. like like Wonder Woman, almost by herself, kind of like doing her best to take it to Tuesday. The Batman vs fight. I do love this it's... one particular scene where she gets knocked like oh, she three smiles. miles away. Yeah. She just looks up and smiles and yeah. just like, "Ooh, I haven't seen a fight in ages." Just,
0: no, and she does like this weird thing with her head where she's like, oh, "Okay, all, right. Like, this all is, right, this is what we're doing." Okay, we're back let's, in it. Let's, yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. I'm
1: loose now. Let's keep going.
0: Uh, I'm trying to. The, think. the Batman
1: v Superman fight is fun for what it is. I don't I know think why people fine. expect it to be longer. Like how much?
0: Yeah, a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, what the heck? They only like fought for how this long. long was Batman I guess I did. I guess it's just fight. because of the name of the of the movie. Like uh, you should never call a movie something like that. I feel like no, it sets it sets a, a weird expectation.
1: But see, that was one thing that happened with like it happens with things like Avengers and Justice League and whatnot, where it's. Okay, this is a this is the Avengers. I'm coming to this movie to see the Avengers. The first half of the movie is setting up the Avengers. It's very true. And getting them to get along so they can be the Avengers in the last twenty minutes. That's
0: that's uh, you know, Dan the Common Man's big problem with Avengers. He actually likes Avengers two more than Avengers one because he says that Avengers two gets off right where you know, like we're from the beginning to the end of that film, it's an Avengers film.
1: I see where he gets that from because I said that about the Thor movies. Okay. Um, I, With two? I like Thor 2 better than Thor 1 because he's Thor the entire film. And he's Thor on Asgard and Thor in his regalia and Thor, you know, everywhere else. Whereas the first movie, it's like he's Thor for a little bit. Then he gets his powers taken away. Then he gets him right back at the end.
0: Yeah. So,
1: I, you mostly get down with Blake.
0: But I do like, <laughs> but I do really, really, really like the unworthy scene from that film. I get that too. Where he's ripping off the parts of his armor yeah, and yeah, sends that, him to Earth. Like, you that is are
1: unworthy. Yes, that is a good scene. Anthony, uh, I strip you off your heart. Anthony
0: Hopkins, uh, yeah, he killed it in that. Um, it, I also found that when I was thinking about the best of the best, I found my eyes and my mind going a lot to TV. Okay. And I had to, like, scratch a lot of that out.
2: Yeah, I Like, we were talking
0: yeah. about, like, I like I like TV Wilson, Wilson, TV Wilson Fisk more than I like, you know, movie Wilson Fisk. Right. And I like uh, TV Flash more than I like movie Flash. So, a lot of the times that I would think that I was writing a moment that I liked, in actuality, there was something else uh, in television or comics that I was thinking of that wasn't really a movie thing.
1: I found myself having to fight over a few scenes. Like, for, um... We both sort of picked, um the shield moment in winter soldier yeah i i found myself briefly fighting over using that or or using the um uh the moment with cap and bucky on top of the falling like uh airship
0: yeah i thought about like, that like i'm well. with you to the end of the line we puts the shield down and right i i think or also right up there right,
1: cuz that's a powerful that's a powerful freaking moment where he's just like I'm not gonna keep punching you, Bucky. If yeah, this do- is how and he's wearing his old cap. This cap is how it ends. Fine. This he's is wearing it. his old cap gear from Cap One. Right.
0: So it's really, really, um, uh, poetic. And which
1: he doesn't even which like isn't something he ever plans, but it's something Bucky would recognize more than anything else, which just adds to the entire thing. Yeah. Now it's like Bucky, they they're literally facing their own histories down now. Yeah.
0: I would also put on that from that film, the the highway scene that eventually leads to the Who the Hell is Bucky scene. Yes. Which is really, really, really good. That knife battle oh, it's is amazing. That stuff I haven't seen there. a knife
1: fight that good since Steven Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, it's great. <laughs> uh, but no
0: Marthas, no back credit cards on this list. No. We're not doing any- Wait, uh, By the
1: way, Sebastian Stan says that is his favorite line in all the movies he's done.
0: Oh, yeah. Who the Hell is Bucky? Right? Who the Hell is Bucky? Uh I see that you didn't put no uh my name is Trevor from uh Iron Man 3 on there. Jesus There's no. no um where's my bird? I I'm thought Iron about putting
1: I thought about putting I am Iron Man. But That's I a rea- big moment. I I realized that oh, it it was a moment that didn't mean as much to me as it meant to the Lexicon.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a big moment. <laughs> I almost put um uh Toby Maguire drawing out his suit and getting okay. the beginnings of that done because that was also, the beginnings of us seeing somebody actually, like, go through phases right? like, how do I want to do this? Um, which I thought was pretty cool. But it, that's rest.
1: one of those things also where, like, as far as the movies can go, you can you could argue, argumentatively put down the first, you know, great power, great responsibility moment. Because it works yeah. just fine. Yeah. But to me, it's not nearly as effective and as iconic as the upside-down kiss between Mary Jane and... Spider-Man. He was
0: also kind of being pissy in that moment, too. He was Bush. like, yeah, I don't, wanna, I don't care about your damn talk. I'm, You know what? I'm going to this uh pro wrestling, f- I mean, library that, I'm gonna, 17 I'm year to, old. that I have
1: to do. 17-year-old. That I have to do. What 17-year-old, 18-year-old isn't.
0: And then there's also the idea that there are bad movie or seemingly bad or maligned movies with great moments. You know, I speak sure. of the um moment where Johnny Quick is trying to uh, chase down the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four to rise of the Silver Johnny Surfer. Johnny Quick does it johnny quick johnny, johnny storm, storm. <laughs> johnny St- i got flash on the mind johnny storm uh and and you know a surfers going on these incredible speeds and so is storm evans is going to give his all in whatever he's doing so even sure. when he was doing that he wasn't a bad johnny storm no um and so you have this chase and uh uh quick silver i mean quick look at me silver surfer is is uh phasing through all these kinds of Buildings and and trains and Johnny Storm is doing his best to try to chase up after him. Um, really cinematic, very comic booky. And then when he gets the closest to him, Surfer just turns around, grabs him by his throat, flies into space, and lets him off. Just let let's go and basically to his yeah. death. Uh, really, really crazy, really, really good. Um, I also like the moment from Amazing Spider-Man 2, where uh, the moment people talk about the time, the ending with the rhino, because um to me that was very comic booky. I understand people's uh, issue with Rhino should have probably been more in it or something like that. Uh but it's very comic booky for you to um start back with the status quo. Like regardless of what's going on, regardless of the big bad we just beat. Yeah, right. we just beat Electro. Yeah, we just beat the Green Goblin. Yeah, Gwen Stacy just died. But we have to get it back to friendly neighborhood spider-man and we got friendly with him talking to a child right. dressed like spider-man we got neighborhood because he's in new york <laughs> on top of a nypd cop car with a bullhorn. i thought that the, the the design of the rhino was cool uh considering that ours was what uh spandex right. and just like a regular <laughs> horn. he had like a legit rhino's eyes yeah on the top of it very weird very weird
1: stuff. How, how did you feel about the gwen stacy scene at the end there
0: I liked it, but it's not one of my favorites. Now, I, th- I don't think about it when I think of, like, great moments. And I don't know why. Maybe- like,
1: cause that like, because that's one of those, you know, pulled right out the book things. And yeah. I just felt... Uh, I think it's tough because you go in knowing that Gwen Stacy never makes it out of this. That's also one. Unless you're not... It's a Titanic thing. Like, yeah, you know um, it's going like, to hit the, the iceberg. Right. And I also so, think... So, like, unless you weren't a fan of the... You know, of Spider Man, or don't know anything about his history. Like you, kind of go in, just like yeah, Gwen dies at some point. There's, there's no way out of this.
0: And although she's a little bit more, you know, inept than um Mary Jane was in her films, this is still the fifth Spider Man film in a row where she's where the the love interest is the damsel in distress. Yeah. So there's only so many times you could dangle that threat before when it happens, you're like, oh, okay, well, right. That's what you've been trying to do for <laughs> for five movies. You were trying to kill this woman, yeah. and now she's dead. So like, uh, mission accomplished. I thought that was good. Anything, anything from any good movies, from, uh, good moments from bad movies you can think of? Uh,
1: hmm, let me see. You got anything from Suicide Squad? Uh, c- Christ, no. No? No. What about, uh... Um, um I, I, I have an appreciation for a lot of the scenes in Justice League. Like, I kind of like the little, uh, moment where, like, Flash has that Sistine Chapel moment with Oh, the with sword. the sword. Yeah. It just My Justice League it. moment
0: was probably when uh, Superman saw Flash running. <laughs> when okay. he turns his head and he can see him and Flash is like oh my god he can see me and I thought that was yeah, really weird. That, yeah
1: really... that, that was a really cool moment too I,
0: I don't even feel like Bat had much to do in that either though he,
1: uh, I mean he he, he doesn't but, uh, but I think he has that one moment where he like he gets to save one of the other guys and it's just like yep my turn now <laughs> I forgot who
0: actually said that a think lot it of a great movie.
1: Aquaman moments
0: oh yeah 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 Aqu- like, bro like
1: was just having the time of his life
0: dressed like a bat I dig it like all that stuff. Uh Ride ain't over yet with Cyborg. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um but I forget who says yeah. it. I think it was I no. think it was <laughs> I think it was like a uh philosopher, maybe it was in a movie, but the idea that life in general is just made up of these moments. These moments that we sure. hop we hop to, these moments that we uh, you know, navigate through and man, we've been lucky to have some great, great, great moments in comic book uh movie history.
1: And and hopefully we will continue to have uh, more to the point where I have to revise this here and here. list.
0: <laughs> well, what I what I'm finding is that the more that they choose to go balls to the wall, mm-hmm. a lot of our choices are literally like extremes of this genre. Right. Um and you know, the fact that he that they're uh, able to get there more often now than they were before is giving them more moments now. We've spoken more about post uh Spider-Man, X-Men, that kind of thing, you know, yes. like in this new um millennium than we have uh, previous and i think that that that's a good sign i'm hoping uh, yeah, people we're, talk we're about on,
1: we're on a good track here
0: people talk about superhero fatigue but they keep giving me these moments i'm going to see every single film that i don't they have. i
1: don't know if the <laughs> i don't know if it's a flaw, as long as they keep having people tell good stories if the bubble actually bursts right i do think that there will be a point where there will be fatigue in the concept of having to keep up with them. Yeah, I in, can see that. In the idea of, like, the connected universe and it's like, well, do I have to watch this to understand it? Or do I have to watch this other film?
0: Especially if um, we get more than, like, our regular allotted, like, we, we're up to, like, three yeah, MCU movies a year. Yes. Uh, sometimes two uh, DCU. If that increases, I can see that getting right. very, like, every month in addition to this that now has to be dissected and you know uh figured out where they're gonna go and then you doing the same thing next month. It is definitely a lot. Um Yogi had I think one of his favorite moments was the Zod fight like you were saying mentioning yes. and I think we have to mention just the the craziness that was that now uh casualties aside, right? Collateral damage aside, um
1: Yeah because, you, we've never you know, seen a superhero never done fight. that with Superman. <laughs> we've, we've,
0: we've never seen a Superman fan like a fight like that. We've actually got to see him kind of let loose uh, mm-hmm. When he thinks that the world is being threatened, we see him take out the terraformer, which is amazing. That,
1: that's like what? What else would a battle of godlike men look like? Yep. Except the way it, it and it should be. Sc- it kind of should be
0: scary, right? It should uh, say, be. Scary. Yeah. See
1: what you want about the amount of damage that was done. If that amount of damage wasn't done, like, what scale did you want two Kryptonians fighting on the planet on?
0: Yeah. Exactly. You
1: know, it's it's this isn't like. Dragon Ball Z, where you can just—this was the comparison I always heard. Well, at least you know Goku or whatever would take the villain to like some deserted place. I was like, why would he follow him?
0: Yes, exactly. That's one thing. And two, they Dragon Ball Z seems to be covered in deserted places. Right, it's and it, it's not like I. But you've seen cell in them
1: desert land.
0: But you've seen cell and the androids destroy whole cities. blocks in whole cities like that. Yeah. That's a, that's still very much a thing.
1: Um, so like no, that that's what that's what two gods fighting in a big city metropolis literally would look like.
0: And Zod, you know, played by Michael Shannon, he's basically a bubbling pot of potential energy because he's just gotten all these powers. He's just dealing with the, you know, the increased strength, the, the uh mm-hmm. the, the heat vision, all that kind of stuff, and you get to see that all unfold. So that needs to be And he already of.
1: walked in with the skill of a soldier.
0: That definitely needs to be spoken of. And S equals hope isn't that bad of a scene, you know? This, no, that, not at all. Not at all. As, it that's two. what the S yeah, stands for hope? Yes. but well, we stand for great moments like this. And like I said, hopefully we'll be uh, getting some good moments in the future. This has also led me to believe really that do, probably down the line we'll maybe be doing a uh, top 10 worst of, uh, <laughs> comic book movie moments. Because I think that that list will also be not only entertaining, but I think we'll get to it uh, pretty quickly. I think I may
1: have to watch some stuff I didn't want to.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, you're going to have to. Get, uh, remember that Captain America movie we saw? That thing was terrible. Oh. But if you want to see our review or listen to our review of our Captain America 1990, we watched that terrible, terrible film. And we, yes, we reviewed did. it, me and GT Rebirth. Or if you want to listen to any of our other movie, TV, or comic book reviews, all you have to do is look for the Major Issues Podcast, wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Attic. Uh You got uh, Apple Podcasts. I believe is an app for that. Um. Wherever podcasts are found, if you have a regular Android phone, you can Google Major Issues Podcast from your phone or computer, and we'll be the first thing to pop up. Just like, share, and subscribe, spread the message, spread the word about what we're doing here at Major Issues. Grow the audience, and if you can, like, um, like I said, like, share, and subscribe, but also rate and review. We need some um, more reviews. We've gotten some ratings, some five stars, so that's definitely good, and our audience is growing exponentially because of you guys, which is amazing. Um, I always said, you know, I've been to the future. It was once, but I, I was there. And I know that comic book click and major issues become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. But it's going to take your help to get there. So keep liking, sharing, and subscribing. Keep rating and reviewing. And I promise you that we'll be here every single week. We still haven't missed one. Knock on. We still haven't. Uh, still part, knock, knock on particle wood. Also, but, once
1: again, we have, you know, various, various amounts of social media that you can connect with us on if you'd like to. Um I just opened up an account for us here for um, Rebirth GT. That would be mine. Yeah, We uh, got it. the Major Issues CBC Twitter.
0: Yeah, we got two Twitters right right there. Uh, if you guys want to reach us on Twitter, ask us questions, or tell us what your top ten moments are. You can also go to Facebook. If you Facebook. want
1: us to do riff tracks, I'm trying to talk them into it. We can just sit through... You know Dr. Strange and hear us react to it a
0: Oh, I dig it. We totally got to do it. And we're going to do an (laughs) unboxing soon. We might be doing an unboxing next week, so that's going to be cool. But if you want to catch the stuff that's not podcast-related about Comic Book Click, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Keep building up these moments. Keep building up the click and help us get to be what I know we can be. Because we are going to be the greatest of all time. We're going to be in the top ten of something. Some list. Somebody's making a list, and we're, we're on it somewhere. We're
1: going to be on a watch mojo list somewhere. I don't need to be
0: honorable mention, right? I'm trying to be the uh, bring me Thanos <laughs> of, of podcasts. If we could just get the if we could be the Avengers assemble moment of podcasts. That's all. Is that too much to ask?
1: No, I don't think think it is at all. I don't think it is at all. Eventually, we'll have our own, like, you know, Comic-Con booth and everything.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. I dig that. Oh, (laughs) we're going to Comic-Con this year.
1: Um, uh, um,
0: The guys of CBC, the guys of comic Book Click, will be going to Comic-Con this year. Just stay tuned to everything that we announce on all our social media platforms to be a part of it all. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don.
1: My name is Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has
0: been the top 10 greatest uh, moment from comic book movies in history and whether or not uh, you have your art reactor ripped out of your chest whether the snap hurt around the world took away 50% of your friends <laughs> whether your mother's name is Martha or whether you have a back credit card remember that we are the click and you, yes you, are worth it